to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad. I am joined by Alex. Alex, say Nessa. Nessa? I, I see the card in front of me, the Nissa World Waker, that we talked about as a really bad card. So that's our intro today. And that's the only thing you're going to be contributing today because I've replaced you with a new person. Hi, Rose. <laughs> hey, how you doing? So we have Rose Emoji uh, joining us today, who is the... I would say the brain power behind playing pioneer.com, helping put everything together. Um, so we've been working with for the last like couple months to get everything going and all that good stuff. So we're very appreciative of that. Also just very fun to hang out with and talk to. So I was like, Hey, you want to be on the episode tonight? And as I say that it's literally like 20 minutes before we go live. So <laughs> yeah, thank you yeah, for, no, super, <laughs> super happy to be here. Really excited. Yeah. So today we, I mean, Okay. This is going to be in the most pioneer perspective energy you could possibly provide. The most bullshitting episode we probably put out to date. Uh, if you you can't see it at home, but normally we have a nice Discord chat. We have a little thing. Alex and I put some notes in of like these are some talking points and stuff like that. No, we have none of that today. Absolutely zero. Because last week we talked about the lures banning and all that good stuff and what it means for Pioneer and what it means to have three mana permanence be seemingly unbanned from the format. Uh, side note, you can check out my article discussing that very thing on playingpioneer.com. But today we're simply going to be looking at as much spice as we possibly can from the new league dumps, some challenges, and just kind of talking about whatever we seem uh, to be necessary. So first things first, Alex, Rose... How are you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm all right. I've, uh, I'm uh, leaving for Portugal Wednesday, so we had to only at one point to record this, and I had uh, stuff to arrange and election to vote in, but uh, we're pretty good. I don't know where that is. I know of it. I'm like, I'm trying to think of a map. Wait, you don't know where Portugal... I mean, I'll be honest, I can't point out all the states. Like, I'm not even close, so I can't expect you to do the same for Europe. Yeah, find Montana, you piece of shit. Go find it. <laughs> the only one I know for sure is Kentucky, because there's that like whole thing where if you look at the map, you could sort of picture like a little chef holding a plate, and then on the plate is <laughs> Kentucky. Like, and I know obviously yeah. no Florida. I know a couple, of course, but not most. No, Portugal is all the way uh, southwest of Europe. It's just it's above Morocco, just above Africa. You know, there. Uh, so, oh, corner. it's it's like it's near Spain. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Okay, I can see that. I can, I can, I can picture it. We did it. Why are you going to Portugal? Because uh, my parents have a have a house there. Cause they're going to retire over there, and they bought a house right before the pandemic and trying and uh, kind of fix her up or uh, ready for when they retire in uh, not too long. And uh, I okay, haven't so seen it. We're all going. We're all going to Portugal. Okay. No, we have Brad, all mapped but out. what I could say is we might have an <clears throat> address available if there's ever a GP in Lisbon and you feel like coming over. Sure. So. Though, I was going to say, we, we borrow your parents' house. Okay. <laughs> we just borrow it just for the weekend. I have seen pictures of your house parties, Brad. I don't know if I trust you to take over a house <laughs> for a weekend. No, I, I am a caring host, okay? <clears throat> this is what we do. We borrow the house, and we launch our first ever playing Pioneer paper event Let's in go. Portugal. Let's we do it. Everyone go out, and we play 
in the house. In, the, <laughs> in like a small apartment for two uh, two people that retire, you know, one, yeah, we, one floor, make sure it's available by lift or that sort of thing. Yeah, the, the perfect idea to probably host like a hundred people. <laughs> okay, fine. We do it in the parking lot <laughs> in front of the house. Weather's good uh, enough for it. I would assume so. It's better than Florida. Okay, if you played outside in Florida, your cards are going to be warped by the time you're done with your game. If they weren't they're already. Gonna, they're going to be pretty yeah, even oh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> I'd say if you, you play only with foils, Brad, your start warped. I know. It fucking sucks. Okay, side note. I did buy... Um, okay, so I, I we have this every single time a new set comes out. We have your winners and losers of like, fuck, I should have bought that card or maybe I shouldn't have, whatever. Yours is still, unfortunately, for uh, per my suggestion from Zendikar, the, uh, that uh, that two mana blue mythic. Oh, um, the Seagate Stormcaller. Yeah, I have my yeah. playset. Thanks. You'll you'll get there eventually. Never put it in a I deck promise. before. Never even considered it for a deck. <laughs> <laughs> they could go in Grixis. You could you could put anything cop, in that deck. Cop, copy something. Uh, but this set has been like that for the Wandering Emperor for me. Mm-hmm. Me too. When it was like 10 bucks, I was like, I don't feel like spending 40 bucks on a playset. It's 30 bucks now. Yep. I had it's the 30. showcase in my cart for pre order uh, three days before the set released. The showcase was going for 23. I had two of them in my cart, decided not to pay the Planeswalker tax, and now I'm paying the Planeswalker yep. tax. <laughs> Fucking sucks. Um, I told you, Alex, about the. Uh, the friend from the uh, LGS I go to that really wants my Russian Mox Amber, and he was willing to trade his uh, his etched foil Wandering Emperor straight up for it. And at the time, that card was like 150 bucks, and I was like, "I'm not, I'm not accepting that trade, my friend. I'm not, I'm not fucking you that hard in a trade. <laughs> I don't care how badly you want it." <laughs> and it's it's still like 130, 140, so. Yeah, I just I just Shit. don't have a single deck I'm interested in putting the Wandering Emperor into. That's probably the only. You reason. You don't play white. I mean, I, I'm gonna pick up cards tomorrow, and that's for five color humans, which technically is also a white deck. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not a human. Are they on a, are the samurai she makes humans, or are they literally just samurais? I think they're just, they're just samurai tokens. Yeah, they could be anything. They could be a lizard. I mean, with like the Kamigawas, could have been artifact creatures at least. It could have been, but while I did miss out on the Wandering Emperor, I did not miss out on Hidetsu. 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 Fucking Christ! Uh, Hidetsu consumes all. Mm. I have four foils. I got a play set of them at like two dollars a pop. They're now fifteen each. Really. Yeah, yeah, because it sees uh, legacy and modern play now. I remember getting like eight bucks for a foil cradle maker, just because people in legacy pay stupid amounts of money for cards. Well, think about it; like it hits all one drops, like one one minute permanent. So, like legacy and modern are places where, like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to almost pay like me to... play legacy because Grixis Control is back in legacy oh. after few after two years, just off in, the back of a... that card. <laughs> Hidetsugu is uh is one of the cards that's that's in the decks now. So got that going for So him. maybe before we get into spice, because obviously, you know, uh, people know a bit what Brad and I play, but Rose, what are kind of decks like you you bring and what are you like excited to play now with uh with a new yeah, set? Yeah, yeah. I uh I try to play on paper uh once or twice a week. 
Um, but I, I had to miss last week, and so I still have not unsleeved my Lurises. Um, so I, I'm playing Orzov Humans, um, Jun Food, Rakdos uh, Midrange, Rakdos Arcanist. Um, those, those are my, those are my, my four. I, I used to play a lot of uh, White Black Eorian, like that mid-range enchantment blink mm-hmm. pile with like planeswalkers thrown that, in. The Rite of Oblivion uh, deck, that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I think I could see it coming back um, eventually, right? Um, looking at the meta right now, it looks like it did maybe three, four months ago. Um, so, so maybe we're right around the corner from white, black, right of oblivion being fun again. Um, there was one in the, in the five Oh today in the league. Um, that was, that was Esper just for like a couple splashes. Uh, so I was excited to see that. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the kinds of things I'm playing. Every, every deck I play is, is four of Thoughtseize. As it should be. Yeah. Man of culture. <laughs> Great card. <laughs> Maybe you could play that. What's that? There's a two-mana saga in, uh, from Neon Dynasty that, that gives your opponent two rats. Yeah. And then at the, the third chapter, it takes all, yeah, it takes all the creatures they control. All the rats no, no, they control. All, all, all rats. And I th- doesn't it say all their creatures become rats? No, 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 no. It just, God, that, oh, there's probably some bullshit you can do with that in Commander. I'm going to look into that. Like a card that just says like <laughs> all, all creatures, creatures become creature type X. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I was interested in that card a little bit. I was like, that kind of that seems kind of cool. Yeah. When it. when Maro teased the the Neon Dynasty set, and one of the things said, you know, it those teasers he does where it's like these are what's going to appear on cards, and one of them was gain control of all rats. I was like, whoa, let's go, <laughs> let's go. Um. But yeah, that seems like a very finally got my pack rat counterplay. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that that's actually fucking disgusting. <laughs> okay, I've gone. I've played. I've played a few leagues on Moto in the last few months, um, or like last month really. I've been playing a lot more Moto in general, and um, I've gone against rats twice, which it's like that meme where like it's not a lot. But it's weird, but it's weird it's that it's happened twice. twice. <laughs> and I'm just like, shit. And I'm like, maybe I got to put one of those in the sideboard. <laughs> be like, just in case. Just in case I see the rats. I mean, my experience with Tribute that? to Hirobi is getting two rats from my opponent and then portable holding their saga. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's not been a great card uh, when guessed against me. Unfortunate. But... Yeah, I mean, I there's some a lot of cool cards from Neon Dynasty in general. I mean, just the limited environment is super sweet. Have either of you played uh, either draft or uh, or limited in general? Yeah, I did. I did a couple rounds of sealed, and I've been doing quite a bit of drafting. Um, seems like mono green's the way to go, unless that's already. I mean, I haven't drafted in a week or two, um, but mono green was looking pretty nuts. Yeah, uh, the Boros Samurais was pretty cool too. I played against that a few times. Um, I I hate like, it. I tried. Alone. I tried to force it twice in a draft, and I I did it fine, but I hated the like, I hated every line. One I played against someone, and he was he was doing Mardu, only for that three drop in Mardu where it like says um, you take another combat. 
mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like every time I, I, I was playing um, the three mana, like reveal their hand or whatever. I, I was playing like two of those because I was playing a Grixis pile because and I know it's usually a bad idea to do three colors in draft, but I had, f- I, I, I had five of the lands come to me. So I had oh, wow. like, yeah. I had five of the dual lands that just like gain a life or whatever and i'm like yeah we can we can force grixis we can do it aren't these just and like in a landslot like okay uh, my last draft was before the <laughs> pandemic and it was a theros beyond death draft at her friend's house so i haven't played limited in a while but those uh i thought these lands were in the landslot now like the duels so you get them no, a lot in- or was that in a i remember that being a thing in a set not too long ago where they put them in a the landslot. yeah i mean they're they're in there they're um they pop up with the uh the I mean, do, do they take the basic slot or they? I think they have both. I don't. I don't know. I, don't know. I, th- I think they take the basic slot, but I could be wrong. I mean, okay. Um, I took. There's so if you've listened to the cast before, you know that Alex has talked about that. I have a friend that will sometimes just randomly listen to our podcast, um, and she'll be in the Discord. And there are times where, like, towards the end, we started talking to her, and like no one else can fucking hear her. Um, but. <laughs> I took her to a draft. I mean, she does not play magic at all. Like at all. And this was her first draft ever. And it was for Neon Dynasty. It was the first week it came out. And um, she literally just picked cards that she thought was pretty or like the look cool. So she drafted purely on aesthetic. And she won her first game 2-0. Nice. <laughs> her first game of magic ever. She won 2-0. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Um, there was a, it was like a, uh, an Esper pile. Um, and this one, that one four drop saga that becomes, it's like the, the lady with all the hands and shit mm. and it flips over. She has menace like plus X plus O or whatever. Mm-hmm. That card's fucking insane. And limited. I wanted it in the Grixis pile so bad, but it wasn't any of the fuck. It wasn't any of the packs that I saw. Um, same thing with the black shrine. The black shrine is really cool. Um, and like you can actually force the shrine tribal pretty easily in Neon Dynasty. It's actually kind of funny, and they're not bad. Yeah, and if you're drafting purely on aesthetics, you're drafting every shrine that comes to you. Oh yeah, they're awesome. Like the, and yeah, the amount of the amount of times she would pick like pick number two or three, like one of the basic lands. Mm. She just kept grabbing them. <laughs> and I'm like, it's... I looked at her list after we were done drafting and I saw like seven of the basic lands. I'm like, why do you have so many of these? <laughs> She's like, they're fucking pretty. And I'm like, y- you're not wrong. <laughs> the fact that she still won is just bonkers to me. But yeah, Neon Dynasty is sweet. That's probably one of the, I-, I think out of all the limited environments in the last year, I think that's my favorite. To be honest, it's, I've had the most fun with it. Like the archetypes are really sweet. Um, all the artifact synergies are really cool. Where like normally, if you have like an abrade type effect of, or or like a um, what's what's the original card we base uh sort of shatter like a shatter effect mm-hmm. for destroying artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um, usually you're like that that goes in the sideboard whatever. But you can main deck it in Neo Dynasty because everyone has an artifact in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> in their list and you're like i would like to snipe your fucking creature thank you very much yeah and it's just nice got some hours to kill at the airport unpopular unpopular opinion here i had a lot of fun drafting forgotten realms 
AFR was fun too. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, the uh, the venture into the dungeon mechanic is really cool for limited. It's not yeah. even and constructed. Even with uh, alchemy being like, we're gonna make the uh, that land only cost one mana to venture into the dungeon, which I think it costs four in yeah. paper. And I'm like, holy shit! And it's still bad. Like that, that's bad. that's how, how by how much they missed the mark on that card. I mean, I get it. They don't want to like jump the gun and fuck up and be like, wow, we made dungeons tier zero. And it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna. The dungeons themselves aren't that great. I m- remember when people were talking about prior to AFR coming out, everyone was kind of like, not everyone, but there was a lot of people kind of like having this wariness about dungeons being like, it's kind of free. It has like that semblance of like companions and <laughs> the way that it feels and everyone. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know about that. Why? Because you got to put all chief. three in your sideboard before the game <laughs> <Yeah>. starts. Like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Could you imagine if they took sideboard slots though? <laughs> That would have been a good reason to buff it. Yeah. We we need the uh, errata like they did for companions, except they do it for, <laughs> for for dungeons. What was the other one? They they fixed uh, like Druid class. They fixed, but they made it uh, like what two mana for the next chapter or or like level. I do not pay attention to alchemy at all. Like I saw, I saw there were new spoilers today, and I saw like yeah. the weird arboreal grazer. And then I yep. saw one card that, like, could have literally, you could have given it charge counters and it would have worked in paper. And I was like... That's half of them. Like, I don't know. It's whatever. I, there's, I don't um, care. There's a four mana green uh, creature that says uh, this card casts, or costs two less to cast if you have no other lands in hand. Oh, that's going to make um, people so keep some terrible hands. I love it. Yeah, so if you keep just a one lander, you know, we'll get there. But then when you play it, it you search your library for three uh, basics and add them to your hand. What? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, and the problem is these cards go into Historic, and it gets harder and harder for me to play Pioneer decks in Historic. I still do it. I, I haven't I do done too. it in a hot minute. I do, too. I, I play I've, Historic every um, day. I try to do it to test for vehicles and then i was like yeah because it's good at dodging sweepers and stuff and then someone cast that bullshit sweeper against me that hits artifacts the three mana the, the three mana one and i was yeah, just like sucks like what's this the I, divine purge, i didn't know right? about this yes. card it really felt like you know that thing that uh oh you guys didn't have this experience because you you all speak english but when i was in primary school and you have like Yu-Gi-Oh cards that were in english or Yu-Gi-Oh, we would kind of just make up what the cards do based on the picture. Oh, right. We did and, that too. and I really okay. got that feeling where they're like, well, look, the picture, you see like a car explodes, so this should get rid of your vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that card is bullshit through and through. Like, I, I don't know who someone must really love playing control over in the uh, the historic department for wizards. I mean, they should just like, go yeah, and play Pioneer. That person. That person who made that card should push for Pioneer on Arena so they can play blue-white control there. Yeah, we don't have okay. Supreme Verdict in Historic. It does it doesn't exist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well they, they have Wrath of God though. Right. Right. So but I mean okay, I've been thinking about it a bit more. And after like Seth's video about like worrying about like Pioneer and stuff like that, um, which kind of got they they kind of addressed it a teeny bit when they did the uh, ban announcement saying 
their goal for Pioneer is to be this sandbox environment of all like recent like standard sets and shit. Mm. Um, where like they seemingly said that they will never touch it with outside things if you kind of read between the lines kind of thing. But I've been I've really been thinking about it a lot lately. And I'm like, if Pioneer comes to uh, to Arena, I think I'm just going to keep playing Moto <laughs> at this point. I really, I'm I'm hitting that point because I've actually invested in decks on Moto and I like the league environment. I like the way that like it, it's structured. And it, Moto isn't perfect. It has its own problems in general with economy and stuff. But if I'm going to invest money into either one of these clients to get the cards that I want, I I lean more towards Moto because there's a return aspect of it in like treasure chests, ticks back play points that kind of thing like that that's where i'm kind of at right now um and i really don't feel like i've been so turned off to arena's economy ever since getting back into moto and again moto's not perfect but at least it's closer to what i would like for any of my digital clients to be in which i can just be like i like this card i would like to buy this singular card and be done with it. I just wish you could like if I'm gonna, go in Moto and do all the Moto things, and the moment you hit start match, it just loads up Arena and you play in there. Yeah, <laughs> like if that, they combine that, them, that would be, be cool. <laughs> that'd be pretty perfect. Because I mean, we'll 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 talk about Spice first, but maybe if we get around later, there's been a lot of like uh, like talk going on around um, around OP because there's going to be an announcement end of the month, I believe. I mean, we can just do that now. I don't give a flying fuck. I mean, I mean we, we were going to go for the unstructured it's not going anywhere. One. So uh, I, guess, I guess we could just start a little bit off with there. So there should be an announcement on the 31st of March, I believe, about organized play. And there's been a lot of talk about, like, I see it on Magic Twitter, about, like, the ladder system and if it should, like... Um, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, too. That like people don't like the ladder system. It should like reward, like it should be like more rewarding at the top, or that people say in the like sort of Neo uh, Championship that a lot of people kind of complain that like I bumped into a lot of bad players that sort of somehow ended up here. Don't know what you guys called of all this storm and what you what your initial takes were when you when you saw about this. Like sort of what are you? I guess we'll start just with Rose. What are your hopes for the OP announcement? And then maybe your dream and what you think it's gonna be yeah uh i i didn't didn't hear anything about this so i'm gonna have to punt well then then just give me your idea they're, they're having an op announcement to sort of what do you hope to hear and what do you what do you think like what do you expect what, what do you what do you think's in the realm of possibility as for the announcement um i think from my point i just hope to hear anything like concrete about paper i don't think they're gonna go back to mm. the old structure i'd love to hear that announcement and be like hey you know that flesh and blood game that stole our old structure yeah we're just gonna <laughs> steal it back like i wish they did that but i don't think so but i just hope anything concrete for paper and to an extent like um because i mean i suppose you always had the scg tour and that's kind of gone uh, it's, it's the SCG tour. I don't really keep up with it too much because I can't play in them because I don't live in the US. Is that like gone or does it just not have coverage? We had indie, like we have indie no coming coverage, up, right? I think is I mean, I don't I don't know because like I'm confused because like there are events coming up and like 
Some have Pioneer. A lot of them don't. Because I see Ruckman every time they announce a new thing for SCG being like, are you fucking kidding me on Twitter? Like, just responding to it. It's like, this is getting ridiculous. You know, if you want Pioneer, fucking just put it in. Put it in. And I'm like, I, I 100% agree. And I'm actually, uh, I'm very appreciative of, uh, of Ruckman um, and a lot of uh, Pioneer content creators and stuff like that. Being a bit more vocal and just kind of like stopping with like the, the, the bullshit, trying to just like, you know walk on uh, eggshells kind of thing of like hey come on pioneer that kind of thing just flat out being like are you fucking kidding me put it do it it's like with the arena's announcement a little while ago one of their state of the game things where they're like we're looking at a, a, a different eternal form yeah. like, are Ruff- you kidding a, me a return to Ravnica onwards eternal format <laughs> wild yeah i wonder what that is what are, what are what that's fucking called i don't i i have no idea actually huh shit it's fucking crazy the the yeah. audacity of that yeah, question <laughs> being posed to magic players <laughs> is just wild. It's insulting. Yeah. It really is. It, it's it's literally like an insult to uh uh like, like everyone's like intelligence and shit and like what I I get it. It's a corporation, you want to make money, and I, I understand why Wizards is fu- I got I agree with Seth on a lot of his points for his video, saying that Wizards is fucking terrified of putting Pioneer on uh, on Arena because they can't monetize it the same way that they do other formats. And I agree with that. Um, I don't really. Like no? okay, maybe you can't monetize it like for like historic and stuff, they've gotten very good at, you know, like you know these things you like they just squeeze like every last penny out of the people who play it right mm-hmm. but i think for pioneer you could still monetize it quite well just by the for the sake of how many people it's going to draw into your program and stay around for longer and mm-hmm. buy stuff on your program and i don't think you need to like if i think of for example uh, league of legends has team fight tactics in its client and that is a game that is very it like there's cosmetics in it but i can't imagine it comes even remotely close to league of legends with its skins and mostly like skins right but all these cosmetics you can get in the game i don't think therefore like people at riot hate tft because they can't make as much money off it it's like no it's publicity it's eyes on your game it's people who are incentivized to also try league when they play TFT, and there's some cosmetics and other stuff you can make money off. Not the biggest cash cow, but you know, it doesn't have mm. to be. Not every format has to be like the big bucks, because most formats aren't. Modern wasn't that either until Modern Horizons. They had Modern for like a decade, being a format that basically people bought cards in Standard, but they were cheap because they were for Standard, and then they would all go into the secondary market, and that's where they would get expensive. Wizards wouldn't even be making that money. And I don't right. think Modern has been particularly bad for Watsi's wallet, even before Modern Horizons. I mean, they could. <clears throat> they talk about a Pioneer Masters set, right? So they could just be like, you go to the store, there's a Pioneer's Master Pack. You can just buy that. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a good way to monetize it. I would buy the shit out of those packs. Yeah, that would, I, that would, I would be too. printing money. Pioneer Masters would honestly be printing money. Yeah. I, think at this I mean, as a draft set, it would just be... It would just be incredible, and and they didn't just talk about it; they promised us that. And then yeah, it's, qu- it's only on pause. Twenty twenty. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's only on pause. Cope, 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 Co- copium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be there. 
got my rush. We're taking a break, you know? It's, we're not breaking up. We're taking a break. Yeah, it's just a hiatus. <laughs> we, we've done what we wanted to accomplish. We've, we've made our albums. Uh, there's a little bit of creative difference going on. We have our lead vocalist going solo for some reason. He's doing country now, by the way, so that's kind of cool. We've got to support that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or for this sake, country is going to be like that rant. I, I, I'm actually expecting some random made-up bullshit fucking uh, format. That's like basically pioneer, but not pioneer. Oh, imagine know? it's gonna be pioneer minus like cons, and they're gonna be like, yeah. oh, "This is called ultra historic, <laughs> historic plus, <laughs> or historic actually be historic minus." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I fucking wizards drives me so insane. Like, how do you how do you do so many things right as a company when it comes to the actual creation of your game and all this shit? But then, like, all the other things in between, you're like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that up. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a masochist. So, like, I kind of enjoy I enjoy every moment of this. I play arena every day. I never I'll never stop. If they put Pioneer on arena and they say all the Pioneer legal cards are two wild cards. I'm still going to grind it. I'm I'm never going to give them any money. I haven't, um, but, but I'm still going to do I, it. I remember when they did that for historic. Yeah. They, like, they, could you imagine they did that again? I mean, it's like, just their tactic, right? They, they, they do something like so embarrassingly stupid that when they then come back and make it like somewhat passable, people will actually praise them. And it's like, wow, yeah. good job yeah. on you, wizards, for making this great decision. It's like, no, it's like, it's like someone set your house on fire, and they didn't even try and extinguish it. And then towards the end, they're like, you know what? You could sleep in my shed. And then people actually be like, <laughs> oh wow, what an awesome shed you got! Like, it's... people is me. That's me. <laughs> you're describing. <laughs> You'd enjoy the shed. <laughs> They beat the shit out of you. They're like, here's a Band-Aid, you piece of shit. And you're like, oh, thank, thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> I needed this Band-Aid so badly. <laughs> God. Um, but, I mean, before we... Uh, but, yeah, when it comes to the organized play thing, I, I, I would like to see them just be like, fuck it, we're going back to the old ways. Uh, there's also the stream this Thursday where there, it's supposed to be like an arena economy stream where they just they they take questions and discuss that the entire time. But they did they did already. Well, I know, I know that sounds like a bad plan for them. But they did already pretty much preemptively say that there are no plans to restructure or make any big overhaul changes to the economy anytime soon, or even they're not even considering it at the Sorry, moment. Sorry, so what is that so, stream going to be? Just every question I know. gets asked, and they just say no, and they move on to the next <laughs> question. <laughs> hey, can, can we actually make this a little bit no. easier? To, no. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. going to be in that what stream. About, I'm going to no. ask, I'm going to ask all those questions. And when they say no, I'm going to say, thank you. <laughs> Daddy Wizards noticed me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I I love the uh, the preemptive fuck you and then like but but you know, whatever you guys are thinking, we want to hear from the community. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, we're, we're listening. we want to hear so from awesome. you, but fuck you in advance, right? Like, I love it so much. It's, it's so the the relationship that players has with uh with this company is so weird. Like it, it's literally like I think half the uh, the clientele 
are pretty much rose of being like, thank you so much for listening to me. <laughs> like, thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. I, I have this broken rib now. It's hard to breathe, but I appreciate you nonetheless yeah. for saying sorry. <laughs> but it's not even like a real sorry. It's kind of like, you shouldn't have been where my foot was, dude. And you're like, oh, you're right. You're right. You're sorry right. for getting in the way of your foot. <laughs> oh my God. No, but like, um, like somewhat realistically, because... I think if you, and I think this kind of ties into a lot of discourse that I saw, and it's some people were talking about the ladder system and like how can we make the ladder system more rewarding. And I think I agree with most people saying that ladder, ladder systems are stupid. Like ladder systems don't actually reward you for being good. They reward you for having a lot of time. And as someone who played Hearthstone for years that also has a ladder system, uh, yeah, that is like exactly the experience. Like, ladder even makes you play different decks. Because you can have a 55% win rate with a deck that takes an hour to complete a match. Or you can have a mm -hmm. 51% win rate with a deck that finishes a match in five minutes. And you should actually play the 51% win rate deck because it doesn't matter how long your match... Uh, it doesn't matter how high your win percentage is if your matches take too long. You could have a one hundred, like a ninety nine percent win rate deck, but if it would take five hours to finish a match, you shouldn't play that deck, even though you're basically guaranteed to win. Which is yeah, but stupid. Anyway. As long as they're gonna, as long as they're not gonna incentivize uh, climbing that ladder, uh, then you just play your favorite decks, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, not to derail. Just, that's it, more cope, it's, it's, but yeah. <laughs> Not not to derail this, but it, this, this does have to do with Alex talking about win percentage and win rates. It's kind of funny how this game is because uh, I know Alex is going gonna, is gonna to roll his eyes at me, but Magic is the baseball of TCGs. I can't okay? roll my eyes if I don't understand what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is if I were to tell you, Alex, that I have a deck that has a 60% win rate in the meta, you'd be like, that's fucking absurd right? Yeah. That's high as shit yeah. in Magic. Okay? But in reality, 60% isn't that crazy of a win rate compared to other things. Where, like, if I look at, like, the NFL or um, or even, like, the NBA, NHL, stuff like that, a 60% win rate for your record as a team is, like, fine. You're probably a playoff team. You're close to being a playoff team, but you're not the best of the best. Baseball, on the other hand, when you have 162 games and hitting 100 wins is a really big deal in baseball out of 162, that's not even 60%. So Magic is kind of like that, where like that win rate is so fucking, it's meant to be like closer to 50% no matter what. Hmm. I always find that so weird because like if I'm playing a deck, I want to win. I want to win 80% of the time. I want to win 90% of the time. I want to be like a dominant deck but i understand with the way the game's constructed and the, and the, and the variance and all that it, it's kind of like a impossible and b like frowned upon from a competitive standpoint of like holy shit we need to ban your deck like whenever someone like pops up like in, in the subreddit or like on facebook or like one of the arena groups or some bullshit where they're like i'm playing a deck that has a 90 percent win rate and i'm like uh, you're you're playing against rats every game <laughs> that's all you're doing you're playing against rats Hey, you didn't, he's also hey, you didn't bring player. your sideboard to tribute to. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> couldn't beat him. No, but there's. Yeah. But, but you know, to go back. Uh, the, 
yeah, you go first. The the people are craving like this. Like, did you see the the I don't know what it was last week where they they put out data about like even people it's like 90% of people who are playing alchemy standard historic on arena are playing best of one and 80% of people who watch historic uh, alchemy standard are watching best of three like yeah uh, seth put that out there yeah there's that's such a strange disconnect to me like that that hit my ear and like got me thinking about how how people are craving like actual magic and then playing like whatever like alchemy best of one you know i, that, I think struck me as very strange i think that's just a lot of people i guess i'm like i'm like the majority because that's what i do if i even i hardly ever watch arena content because there's no formats on it i give a shit about but when i do i watch best of three and when i play i basically exclusively play best of one because I just, pl- I just play Arena to do my quests and build my Dragon's Horde until there's a format I actually want to play. And mm. then I go and, like, do something else. So I can imagine a lot of people do that. Or they might be, like, they do it as just, like, a distraction thing on their phone. When they're, like, on- you can play Arena on your phone nowadays, right? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. When you're, like, in public transport and you're just, like, oh, I'll play some gruel aggro in Historic because I've got nothing to do. Um so you get like that super casual audience but then when you actually watch you actually want to watch as you said like you want to watch real magic mm-hmm. so i guess that's where the disconnect comes from but with that ladder system and i it's not a thing anymore you used to have leagues on arena right like all the way no. at the start you could play these like they were kind of like leagues was it like you had to get to five matches five wins but if you lost like three matches Oh, oh yeah, they still yeah, have. Yeah. They, they still they have do events. That every now and then still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this Those used to be a thing things. you could just like go into all the time. <clears throat> they were basically leagues, and I kind of hope, from like an OP standpoint, and I think that's maybe a little bit more realistic, that they say like we're gonna use that as like a more important. We're gonna make that structure more important because ladders are so toxic. So other than that, they award you with. Um, with playing like not how magic is supposed to be but in magic you're supposed to find the highest win rate deck and then play that mm-hmm. but here you're supposed to play, play like the deck that gets the most wins per minute mm-hmm. which is a really weird metric to base the strength of a deck off uh, especially when you consider that until you when do you stop getting win streaks on arena you get win streaks right I think it's like 20, 20 wins a day. No, no but there's I no mean, win like, streaks. Oh, there's no win streaks no. in ranked that when no. you like win two in a row that no. you get an extra point or something. Oh, okay. that's Because no, that's what the, Hearthstone the had, thing... which literally meant that mm-hmm. you could climb with a 48% win rate, which was really weird. But it also is just super toxic towards the end. And like it encourages really like unhealthy behavior that if you give like a thousand bucks to the top 1000 mythic players at the end of the month, that last like five hours is going to be like a real gamer moment, right? Where people will just be jamming games. It doesn't matter what time it is in their time zone. And people are going to end at like, and you're going to have like two people that are at 999 because the system couldn't process it because so many people were playing. 
and then you end at like a thousand and one and you have like this giga burnout like i think that's just really unhealthy where if you have something like a league structure where you can much more like measure like a win rate over a long period of time and it's something that doesn't really um like what if you have that league like structure and it's just like but in two months this is like arbitrary number in two months you have to play through 50 leagues Mm. and once you do that like you count and then like the wins towards the end count more than the wins at the beginning because then your match against better players and you make sort of like a system like that that just rewards consistent performance and over the course of an x period of time you can literally play whenever you could jam a thousand games in the first two weeks and then just not play and then you i love that i mean i there there are league there was a brief period of time where they stopped doing those um they brought them back and they're always accessible now you can always enter a league on arena right now but it's just to grind gold and like the you have to like win every game to make like 200 gold or something like it's very low prioritized in on arena um i i would love to see those those leagues they call them events um kind of become more of a focus that that's a great yeah. way to do it because they could structure it like flat out like a big thing of gold like you know we we can't do it with like because if you do it with ticks or mode it's basically doing it with straight up dollars and there's probably a reason they can't let you do that on arena because it's going to be like accessible more places etc uh, i know that from a country that can't actually play numerous games because their mm. shops are considered gambling and aren't allowed under dutch gambling law um I wouldn't be surprised if if they make Arena more like Modo because Modo is kind of like under the radar potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something you can find in the App Store, like on your phone, and that they would look at Arena's economy if they make it more like Modo, and they're like, "Yeah, I can't let you do that." So, but if you just do it with the gold, right? It's a couple thousand gold to buy in, and once your record is positive, you get your gold back, and when it's positive just like modo right once you have a 5-0 or whatever the equivalent of this would be like a five win with zero losses if it's like that event structure then you get like a little bit of a bonus and that's the type of thing i could totally i would totally be okay with if wizards actually makes it so that like if the rest of the economy wouldn't suck so much that that is generally not as profitable as it can be on modo i know back in the day people had modo as a job because of how how good mm. your like return investment is if you 5-0 a league mm-hmm. i'd be totally down if it's 3,000 to enter and you get 3,500 if you 5-0 like i don't i don't really care because yeah. i just appreciate like a more an easygoing structure as opposed to that ladder that also just is so daunting right at the start of a season you get thrown back to like silver and you're like well up i go 10 hours of weird matches before i get at the point where i'm supposed to be again playing against rats i don't have that problem because like the nice thing about like when you get to mythic they just drop you down to like platinum mm-hmm. and i'm like hey i'm already where i need to be <laughs> um but like that also that's another thing though like when you get dropped down to platinum you end up playing against immediately uh meta decks and shit and i i always played best of three on arena because i liked i liked climbing the ladder at two wins a thing and so though there is that annoying thing if uh, if you win game one 
someone can quit mm-hmm. uh, the game and then it'll count as a best of one win for you. Yeah, so which is imagine, fucking imagine that we base <clears throat> invites to pro tours, which we do, on that fucking structure. Where yeah, someone can just really cheat you out of extra points. And that's supposed and to be like one top 1,000 gets in something, but people can absolutely bullshit you out of getting your ranks. Oh, that's exactly what you're talking about with that. Okay, that's exactly the same thing as like your 48 win percent thing on Hearthstone. Yeah. Because like the, the, the two wins in a row bullshit. Because think about this. If I'm playing best of three and I, I, my goal is to 2-0 my opponent pretty much every time, and like they get the first win, I just dip out, take my best of one loss, drop down one tick. The next game, my two zero, I climb two again. So it just it just fixed it again. Yeah, like it, it's it's stupid. But that is but just bug exploits, we... right? The yeah. fact that that counts as a best of one win slash loss is just that just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, but before we actually get to like organized play and like fixing the actual structure and stuff. Can we get an in-client way of watching games, please? Brad, we because... can't even import decks. <laughs> yeah, we can. No, there is the arena button on the leagues and stuff, and it doesn't work. Uh, like, if you try to nice. import to arena with that button, it doesn't work. I usually have a notion. Like, you have to copy and paste it. At least that's and co- it what I've seen from, from people. Because they there's try a, and get there's the an Neo import decks. to arena button on the pioneer on the like pioneer league. Deck. Oh yeah, oh, the, because God, it's just the, the standard structures. You can download yeah. it, tweet about it, post about it on Facebook. Okay, um, nice. and you can you can import it to arena, and I get a text file which I'm pretty sure is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I what I do is I just I literally will do this. I'll I'll. I'll go to Goldfish. I'll choose like export to arena. It takes me to like the deck list. Yeah, but that I works. I just copy and paste it. Yeah, that one works because that's what people say. People just get it off MTG Melee, for example, because mm-hmm. they get the lists in and that export works. But the exports button from Wizards doesn't. So we can't get a spectator mode if we literally cannot import Notepad files. It, but games look so weird because they do this thing where they 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 screen grab both players. And then they like split it and like they have like three quarters of the screen is the one player on the bottom. Then they do the other quarter of the screen to see the other person's hand on the other side. And it, it's just and it's delayed too. It's so yeah, it's so goofy looking. And I there we have so I, why why can't we get a way to view games in the client? Like, isn't it on? I don't think anyone could answer that question to you because literally every other game has it. Yeah, doesn't the doesn't it use an Unreal Engine? What's the engine that Arena uses? I have no idea. I can't imagine it's Unreal Engine, but um, I thought it used something that was like, pretty I, basic to 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 use or like to utilize from a, a programmer's perspective. I remember in 2012, you would log into your League of Legends client, and you would have the option to spectate random high elo games, and that's 2012. <laughs> and it would it actually uses, it uses unity it would work pretty well and that was on some janky shit because the old lee client sucked like the new one is yeah. bad but the old one was like modo level bad 
like actually far worse because Modo is semi-functional. The only funny about yeah. the League one is that you could absolutely fuck with it. You could like set it in different languages. And I would have like some champions would speak French and the others would speak Japanese. You could just like mix and match voice lines you thought were cool. But... Nice. Uh, it uses Unity, Alex. Yeah. That's a that's a super easy engine to to fuck with. I have, that's that's up there with Unreal. I have no idea. Probably. <laughs> I'll believe you. <laughs> uh, oh my fucking god. That's so stupid. Just fix it. Do it. We don't have enough people to, to, to use for the client. We'll fucking find more. <laughs> we can't like, okay, find I've them. Look harder. <laughs> I've been saying this for like three years now. I have the solution to get Pioneer on Arena. Okay. I have the solution. Outsource to anyone that has any basic programming experience and be like, hey, here. Here are the cards that we need to have in the client. Here's a month. Have fun. I mean, the easy you could literally the easiest way to do is just to pay people more because apparently you've had the most profitable years for like a decade in a row. So yeah, it, like the last like five years, every single year, it's like this is the most profitable year. I'm sure they don't get paid. Like, this shit. is the most profitable year. I'm sure this is like Blizzard, like the same as Blizzard, who like doesn't pay people much because they're like you basically you basically get paid an exposure when you work there. Mm. right just like so i mean i don't have the insides into wizards but it's, if it's i see the thank you daddy economy the thank you daddy yeah. economy is internal to wizards and external to us <laughs> <laughs> i will now think of it as the thank you daddy economy thanks <laughs> uh, i fucking i hate wizards sometimes but that that would honestly for me like do do a lot already if they get like a league like structure and and mm -hmm. the reason the the infrastructure is there like literally all you need is like I don't actually know how it works on Modo like how you get your way into like mocks that's just through like playing events and if you play leagues they gave you points if you mm -hmm. perform well and you could use those points to like buy a ticket into an event right it's not that hard of a system yeah just do that yeah you you could easily do that in arena they could just rep yep. they could just give you the like the place where you can see those points is instead of where the vault is because the vault is completely mm. useless yeah. right. so just get rid of that because it's, it's just fluff <laughs> i think i've opened three vaults in like two and a half years and I've got like four mm -hmm. rares out of it. How much? You get like two rares from the vault? So I guess I got like, six. I think it's like three rares and a mythic, Ooh, I think. I've got three get. mythics and nine rares and three, two and a half to three years of playing this fucking game. Well, that's the problem with the economy in which like you, you, they could never do a treasure chest uh, type of reward system in Arena because if I open a treasure chest on Moto, let's say I open like a Wandering Emperor or like a March of Otherworldly Light, that kind of thing. I'm like, oh shit, it's a 10-tick card on Moto, or like a 20-tick card on Moto. That's fucking sweet. That's a great prize. You can't do that in Arena, because it's like, oh, wow, I got a mythic wild card worth of mm -hmm. a card. Like, so until they fix the way that you actually get... I mean, if they did a treasure chest system where you, you got wild cards, but okay, but they need to make it so you can just buy wild cards. That's my issue with Arena. Like, I want a particular card, let me fucking buy it. 
I have my wallet at the ready to buy and give you money. Yeah, but if let me do it. But if we go by how I sort of started when I framed it to Rose, this is like this is what you would want. But what you can realistically get, like with the structure that's already there. Like, yeah, obviously the best thing would be if you could just say, say, well, you got OP and you get this, and also decks don't cost a fortune now. But they want decks to cost a fortune because that means you're giving them a fortune in order to get a deck. Then do what I've been saying for the last five years since Arena's launched. Allow me to have a monthly or yearly subscription to have access to a God account, essentially, on my main account, where I can play with any card i want that would actually that would be pretty dope like i wouldn't like do you know how many people would buy every streamer ever would buy that every content creator would buy that and then when you have a content creator buy it they incentivize their viewers to buy it too because you're like hey look at this sweet brew i'm doing you can play it now too you don't have to grind for wild cards you don't have to have the Winota issue of it being banned and historic and you're like well i have all these angrath marauders that are fucking mythics that i can't play in any other deck ever right so like that's that's that issue that they've talked about and beat the dead horse over and over and over and over again that when people talk about the economy it's like when you have a card banned and like cool here here's your four wild cards back congrats you piece of shit but like what about the half the other deck that's unplayable now because it specifically worked in this type of deck mm-hmm. like like if kethis was banned on arena like like it wasn't like in pioneer and shit which it's not and it's, it's why i still think it's a bad deck but whatever um if kethis was banned box amber's gone essentially that's a mythic emery's gone that's a mythic um all these random like Luris is like i mean Luris is still playable um i, I guess at that point because Luris is Luris, but like diligent excavator even though it's only an uncommon that's still i i find uncommons are hard to get sometimes too uh, i have like i, I have those. like a buttload of those like I, I burn through them so fast but that's probably because the type of decks i play like every time i make a deck for pioneer and then it, it also shows you the amount of rares and mythics for Arena. It'll tell me there's like 50 mm. rares in my deck. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> I guess I like the cards with a lot of text on them. So, Apparently. But yeah, I, I, think, just, I think I would, I would... Alex, are you, are you thinking that there should be a new... Um, like, a, like an event ticket type of of currency introduced to arena that you can't purchase and you can only get from playing leagues and then they they give you access to opens or something how yeah, do you I, I think that yeah that would probably uh, by now now it works that you need to reach like mythic and then you can get in those right or right. at least make so yeah i would have exactly like you say you play leagues and that's just with gems or gold and then when you I don't know for what record if it's only if you trophy a league or if you would like go an x record then you would get a point and x points are needed and certain events require a certain amount of points you could Mm -hmm. which i think it does it on moto too and that would probably be fair you could split it up into limited and constructed you could even split it up into limited best of one best of three if you wanted to i think arena as a platform is probably large enough that you can make that split and events would work because now there's even events that start at best of one on day one, and then they're best of three in day two, right? Right, right. 
yeah. which is super weird um and would immediately put me off because i don't feel like jamming best of one for a day if i'm playing like a serious thing but yeah just yeah, exactly as you say league league gets you point point buys you into event yeah super simple clean um and it's it doesn't incentivize that like toxic environment that a ladder can give you mm-hmm. well before we shit on arena for too much longer i guess we can move over to look at some cool spice of the leagues and uh, i guess challenges um alex were there anything in the challenges that were spicy or was it just kind of like the same old same old from what we've known i mean there's some there's some cool cards that definitely show up in the challenges i've seen a saga of the mirror breaker which i've seen in a couple more decks show up like people have been doing pretty cool stuff with that which is a card that i thought was like super medium but actually Mm -hmm. turned out to be pretty okay i replaced Um, two graveyard trespassers in my rakdos mid-range with with fable of the mirror breaker and it's it's done pretty well yeah i ordered a play set because i saw i played a league and someone was playing against uh that against me and they just kept copying their uh their blood tithe harvester Mm -hmm. and then sacking it killing a thing of mine i'm like oh that's fucking disgusting yeah like in another matches removal other matches you you copy your graveyard trespasser mm-hmm. um other matches you copy your bone crusher giant like if you just need to swing in for four okay. um but if you need to like exile four cards from the opposing graveyard you just copy a a graveyard trespasser gain four life on the swing you know if it's flipped into the four four pretty pretty wild plus you get the treasure token uh creating goblin or whatever it is off the first step of the saga i love it and here's actually so this is because I, I see this deck pop up a lot now um the mono green deck and i know you've been playing it brad i don't know how familiar you are with the deck rows uh, no, the mono green I, i've only been on the other side of it and i've only gotten a turn four it's such a good deck. But, um, I actually played it last week, and my F and M went two, uh, two and one, and I, I went overall five and two in um, in my games. My only loss is coming to blue white control, in in that one match that I went, uh, they went to game three. But what I wanted so, to mention is because I'm a little bit surprised by this deck because I keep seeing it with only two Castle Garenbrig, so that's less reliant than it was before. I see it with fewer and fewer copies of Nyssa. Some are three, some are even down to two. And then when I watch mm-hmm. the deck, or I play against the deck, I feel like a lot of the problems the deck have can be solved by going black, like having black in your deck. Like this deck mm-hmm. kind of wants thoughts, uh, Thoughtseize, right, in some matchups. So how much of a loss is it to ditch the Castle Garenbrig understand that nissa isn't going to be the best card ever printed once you untap with it but one of the best cards to untap with and you just go straight golgari with a bunch of duels you've got overgrown tomb you've got uh you've got your fast land you might even be able to get rid of with your slow land you have your um lanawar wastes like what stops this deck from going into black is it just somehow still not worth it or are people just too focused on like, oh, my deck has Nissa, so I should run as many forests as I possibly can? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, to uh, in order to give you like a good answer, the uh, the card board doesn't need to be fifteen 
Karn targets, in all honesty. Um, it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't grab Heart of Kirin that much. Like, it's a good card, but I don't grab it that much. I don't grab the boat that much either. Um, Formats Crypt is good against, like, Phoenix when you're pretty much tapping out to just grab it, have a zero mana thing come in. Uh, the cards that I, th- I think are grabbed the most with Karn are Citadel, Stone Cold Serpent, um, I would I would bunch Crypt, Cage, Pithing Needle, and Sphere into like one kind of category. Like I think I think that kind of bunch should exist together in some number, or you cut one of them, that kind of thing. Uh, I actually swapped out my Cage for uh, the uh, the Rune, mm-hmm. but um, for like the Grease Fang stuff and everything. Uh, but Shadow Sphere has been fucking insane when I've grabbed it. I grabbed that one probably the most when I'm being aggressive. Uh, I think Hornet's Nest is stupid. I, I think de- I think Lish should stop playing that card altogether. You're not running the four mana Vivian to easily kind of like tutor it out, that kind of thing. Um, you can bring it into the main, and if you get your one mana or your one copy of Vivian Monster's Advocate, you can like sort of tutor it out that way. Uh, I just think that's super, super fucking niche. Obviously, the Great Henge um, is great. Meteor Golem is great. Godfrey Statue is really good. Um, Align Heater Network, Alex is telling me, is, is best for the Auras matchup. So, like, I, I can I can see that that being a good card. Um, and Rad, I, okay, all of these cards have a reason to be in the deck. It's just, I, I know there's a way to trim it down to, like, nine copies of a card. Or nine Karn targets as opposed to a full 15, basically. Or 14 plus this random-ass Hornet Nest. Which, that's the problem with Moto, right? Where like people see a list and they like run with it and they just keep playing the same 75 over and over and over and over again. And like we see this deck go four and two in the uh the Sunday challenge. And like the deck's fine. The deck's really good. I, I did some disgusting shit uh playing uh playing on uh the FNM and stuff and like some like other playtesting I've done with it. Like going against Grease Fang, I kind of found like I don't really care that much about hit grabbing the the rune as much because I when I did it was extra because I would have boards in which I was like having two to the full playset of Cavalier Thorns on the field. And that alone just basically says, Yeah, you want to grab Parhelion? I don't fucking care. I straight up don't care when I have that when I have Cavalier Thorns out. Yeah. Um so as far as like going into black. I think, I think Alex, if you go into black, you no longer become a Karn deck. Hmm. I think you drop Karn completely to be able to have the flexibility of having the black sideboard cards. You go down to like eight forests instead of 15, um, probably to get your overgrown tombs, your like your pathways, maybe your, uh, probably your blooming marshes um, as well. Um, would probably be good in this deck because you're running a lower lower amount of lands in general. Uh, Oathness is still grabs any of the other lands, so it doesn't really matter. And then I'm and then I'm wondering if you even still go with the Kiora plan if you go into uh Golgari. Um I don't I don't know. Is there any other way we can go about it to just kind of like protect yourself or you just kind of, or do you just kind of accept that like the deck is what it is and you just kind of try to steamroll your opponent 
and you're playing a less interactive, not to say this deck is not interactive, you have ways to interact with your opponent quite a bit with with Karn, um, Gracious Hydra, and stuff like that. But now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't know if I want to cut Karn, because Karn's really well-positioned right now in the meta. Uh, Karn's great. He's really well-positioned. Like it, it just made me think of when... Um... You know, this is some years ago in modern when Tron used to be a Golgari deck quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh, four cards like Thoughtseize. Um, what's the Escalate one? Collective, Collective Brutality against Burn. Uh, and then it realized, well, first of all, Blood Moon is a thing. But that's like, that obviously isn't a thing for this format. But they were like, uh, if I don't even have green mana under, under Blood Moon... How do I ever like dig myself out of any hole? Um, mm. But part of the reason I think too was because they realized, well, why should I run collective brutality on? Why should I like tap on turn two and I have to start with like a blooming marsh on turn one to collective brutality my opponent when I can just turbo out Tron and slap a warm girl engine on turn three, right? Yeah. But I'm think I, I was a bit thinking when I saw some of this gameplay like. Aren't people immediately stuck in the mono green Tron mindset when they play this big mana deck? When like that old school like Golgari Tron was it that idea would actually kind of work here. But I do think I agree with your point that your sideboard becomes really problematic if you're trying to be a Karn deck and a black deck. But maybe if yeah. you go into the monogreen devotion that's a little more beatdowny, like the Burning Tree Emissary kind of deck, that that might actually work a little bit better as being a Golgari style deck because those generally didn't run Karn because they're much more all in on like old Vivian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that would be the type of deck that goes black green. I do think it's kind of being because I haven't even seen people try it, which surprises me because I can tell you from elves. Playing a deck that is Golgari but needs every land to tap for green is pretty easy to do. Yeah. So like you you it, I would agree. It, it's the second color is basically free. There is no blood moon type thing to punish you. The only punishment that's really there is if you need to go very hard, Lanor Waste occasionally costs you a life, and Overgrown Doom occasionally costs you a life. I think the thing is that. I'm looking at I'm looking at probably the wrong way when I was talking about like cutting Karn. I think the real thing is if you go into Golgari with this type of deck, you're no longer the Storm the Festival deck. I think. I think your Storm the Festival hits become way worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you probably cut that and you go back to the Vivian Arcbow Ranger. Um, oh, if you can't Ranger, hit like sorry, the land. Nissa with a bunch of forests still in play type of thing, that becomes really bad. With Storm yeah, Festival. and then you're bringing in cyborg cards like Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, stuff like that. That makes your hits worse as well. Because then what? Then you'll get like, what do you cut? You might cut some of your random like one ofs, like your Elder Gargroth, your Surak. Um, you maybe uh, certain matches you might trim like a Voracious Hydra or something. Um, maybe trim like a Cavalier Thorns and then like trim some Kioras. And then now you've just done the Coco thing of like, fuck. Now I'm trimming down my threats. That's why when the Coco decks. A lot of their threats or their cyborg answers are also creatures like Archon of Emeria, the um the the enchantment Eidolon one as well. Um uh you have like uh what's the the one that blows up a, a artifact or an enchantment, a reclamation sage. Like you have like these cyborg cards that are, you know, 
are creatures that can be hit. So unless we can find a way to do that in Golgari to still make Storm the Festival work where you're finding these thought seeds or fatal push effects to make it work, which you could, you could go like Ravenous Chupacabra that can be hit from Storm the Festival. Um, but then like the thought seeds thing is the hardest part. Like, what do you grab for that? Like you're getting kite sail freebooters or some shit. That, that seems really bad. Mm. Like brain It will magic, definitely like throw it. me for a loop if my mono green opponent suddenly plays a kite sail freebooter post board. <laughs> oh, like, off <laughs> of a Storm the Festival. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, what the worst that can happen? Oh, <laughs> but then that is somehow the worst. Instant is also the thing, and then that also fucks up your devotion plan too. Because now all of yeah. a sudden, like you, you go Nykthos and like, well, now my devotion's not as good because I'm playing these these black creature cards. So I don't think this particular build. I think this build has to be just like, I am trying to slap your shit in with just overwhelming your board, which this deck does incredibly well i do if any if any green big stuff deck has a chance of being a uh, a golgari deck more than anything else i think you it's you go back to golgari stompy mm-hmm. with rotting registrar steel leaf champion coco and all that stuff like you're your, your three mana tribal basically of like big shit and then you probably just play main deck fatal push or thought season that um, and have some other sideboard cards from there because you're not worried about Nykthos and that kind of deck. You're just trying to beat the shit out of your opponent. Um, I, I think it's really this, this is why deck construction is so hard. Though I will say this deck needs to have some eyes on it and figure out how to change it because everyone, like I said, the Moto thing, people keep trying the same shit over and over and over again. And I'll be honest, my list is pretty much exactly the same. Uh, I dropped. I, I I didn't run Bonner's Enclave. I didn't like the card that much. I tried running um, the uh, the Crawling Barons because I'm like, hey, look at all the mana, which could have just been Voracious Hydra, really, to be honest, which I have that. I've cut that for Boseju. This deck should really have Boseju's in it, straight up. Because, mm. um, like, if you go into the Mirror or, like, another Karn deck or something like that, or if someone brings in, like, Damping Sphere to shut down your Nykthos or Pith Needle to shut down your Nykthos, that kind of thing, sure, you can go with, like, the best... My favorite line is plusing Karn on your opponent's artifact answer and then voracious hydra fighting it to get rid of it that's cool um, that's like my favorite thing yeah uh but how often does that line come up you know so uh Bosage is really good i understand Bosage is a little awkward with uh cavalry thorns because you might just mill it or like just grab it to come onto the battlefield but just having the chance to draw into it is still it's still free basically that this deck should be running it you don't need 15 forests to be honest, you're only you're only down to two. Nessa. I think the number is no, but the, the numbers is more for Castle Garen break, and I think the number is thirteen that you need to make the castle work. If you want to consistently have a castle enter untapped on turn two, I think you need thirteen of that land type. Then you can you can cut. I would I I think Bonner's Enclave is so weird, um, and not that great. Like cool, you you could draw a card, but you can only do it when you control a creature of power four or greater. And that kind of goes into that win more discussion. Like if I have a creature with power four greater on board, I'm probably not only having one. And then you're already running Cure. That probably is on board. That helps you kind of keep drawing cards with it. So Bonner's Enclave, like very rarely is that card of like, oh, I need to draw to kind of like pull ahead. You're either already ahead or it's on the battlefield where you're behind and you can't use it anyway. You know? So I that's the first line I would look to cut for Beseju. Probably trim a forest 
four for another besager and two um and then just look at the numbers of these creatures in these planeswalkers um i think four kiora is fine you might want to go to three um it Brace Tider I get is awkward storm the festival because if you hit it off that it comes down as a zero one and that feels really bad um I, the the deck is legs when it goes off it goes off but there are some soft spots in the deck like any mono green deck that just has like I'm gonna play a dork if I don't have the dork I kind of lose shit like I played against you Alex we you were on Azores vehicles we played what three or four games and I think every single game I had to turn one dork you're like portable hole oh, yeah I hard milled, I hard milled for that card I was like, yeah. this looks like a decent seven, but should. there's no portable hole in there. Off you go. <laughs> like, especially yeah. on the draw. Like, there is Yeah. Not doing that. So I I think this this version of the deck is super cool because it's 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 new, right? No one was really considering Kiora for a while. Oh, like, I, I will say I am card. more excited by Storm the Festival in this deck than I am by Kiora. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. even though Kiora has yeah. a cool card. But seeing people play, especially when I watched Todd Anderson play it, and he would play Storm the Festival and flash it back on the same turn, on yes. like turn four, yeah. and I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it's pretty cool." <laughs> like, my yeah. my opponent two nights ago, I was I think I was just in the practice ladder, but it was like twenty six mana on turn six. It's like, pretty insane. Yeah, double Storm the Festival, untapping <laughs> Nykthos twice, like. Just I just I the just highest. I just F six and just watched watched. Yeah, that you're happen. like I'm not gonna concede yeah. even though I know I'm dead. I just want to see. Yeah, what I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. And then I I left the match and I added three more dread boars to my main board and one bedevil to the sideboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's the appropriate that response. Sense. Yeah. Like I um the most I've gotten. Ooh, that's a card I'm happy to see deck. uh potentially unbanned if we get the triome for Grixis bedevil. Bedevil, yeah. I do love Bedevil. Yeah, I, d- I hate Hero's cool. Downfall, but adding yes. a yeah. destroy to it, just draw an artifact to it, is pretty relevant at this point. Oh yeah, I I play Bedevil in Historic, and the amount of times I'm like uh, Bedevil, your uh, witch's oven is really fucking great. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, because there's no uh, Dreadbore in Historic, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, well, not that it would hit an oven. Uh, to uh. Have another thing in the challenges that I noticed, and this I think this is gonna be uh gonna be a bit more for both of you. Because I've see, I see a lot of flavors of Rakdos. And you're you're mm-hmm. both Rakdos players. And yep. I see Rakdos literally range from like Chandra Torture Define Soren the Mirthless to mm-hmm. Shrapnel Blast Your Ass on turn three. Right? And I'm personally like, even though I like playing control, if I recommend someone a deck. I recommend them to Shrapnel Blast deck. Right? Yeah, because I always so feel that I, like going hard. But what do you guys make of that? The sort of the Rakdos debate. What 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 would you be on if you would be like trying to win a tournament? So what what are you seeing for, for Rakdos Shrapnel Blast right now? Because I, I saw that pretty early on in like Crimson Vow. After Crimson Vow release, there was like the the madness shrapnel blast like almost vampire tribal deck that was getting mm-hmm. legs and then it kind of just immediately converted to blood like the croxa blood deck um and i i haven't seen it since yeah i've se- i see it here so i i played against that deck too and i actually thought the deck was very good and i'm surprised we don't see it a lot but um this is uh this is like rakdos cat oven 
It's run Cat Sovereign. It has only called Anvil. Uh, Deadly Dispute. It's got Voldaire and Epicure, but it doesn't even have... Um, what do you call that? Harvester. It doesn't even have uh, Blood Ties Harvester. So I feel like this is kind of like going a little that like grindy dirtly, and then you tap, and then you make the mistake of tapping out, and you just get double shrapnel blasted. Oh yeah, so the so the Anvil shrapnel blast deck that just runs like three or four shrapnel blasts. Yeah, just um, to like wrap the game up a little faster. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the I think the direction Anvil's going is for Cauldron Familiar, for Witch's Oven. Um, I've seen a couple Mardu ones, and I've seen this one uh, with a couple shrapnel blasts. Cauldron Familiar Oven cut the Blood Tithe Harvester completely for the cat. Um, uh, I've seen Implement of Combustion uh, as like your fourth egg, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, This one actually only runs three eggs, but one implement, which I find a little weird. Yeah, so the Terrarian's gone in this version right yeah there's yeah so you're you're swapping your terrarians for cat oven shrapnel blast um and your blood tithe harvesters and i i think it's just i mean without without loris you just need to you need to convert a little bit to like closing out games early at this point um in those rakdos anvil decks wherever you can so this is oh, like yeah, I mean, this is kind of like what, you, what you'd be on, because I yeah, noticed that yeah. these decks they they can grind very well, and especially with Luris. But your opponent will be playing like Lotus. You're like, what do I do here? Like, there's basically no line that kills them before they kill me, and then the Shrapnel Blast is kind of here to like get shit over with. Because honestly, Shrapnel, given how the deck works with like draining your opponent for two or three a turn, basically while sort of dirtling around a little bit. A shrapnel blast mm-hmm. literally takes a turn of the duration of a game, like every shrapnel right, blast right. you cast. And and now we're now we're playing mayhem double, you know, where we obviously weren't before. Um, in, in most of those lists, I don't know if yeah, that's this one, the one you're, this one, you're this one, this is uh, for the record, this is by Marcio Matthew, and it was fourteenth uh, in the, I think this was the Saturday challenge. Yeah, this was the Saturday challenge. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Mayhem Devils a clock, Shrapnel Blast is a clock. Um, I, I your sideboard's not really there for the for the Lotus Field matchup. Um, like the the you know no, you're not sideboarding there's, into a faster there's one, clock. There's one Curse of Shaken Faith here, and that's base and two Alpine Moons. There's, so there's, there's two Alpine there's Moons. There's two Alpine Moons, but yeah, yeah. It's light on the sideboarding. No uh, four duress, four go blank uh, type of thing that we've seen sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they probably bring in the experimental frenzies too. Lotus. Just try to kind of like storm off a bit. Because I mean, that's that's the that's the race, right? Turn four. So like if you if you if you're on the play, you go turn four as the shrapnel deck, go experimental frenzy. Um and then like do you have any way to I mean I guess experiment with the synthesizer helps you kind of like act as that scry idea like just get rid of that land mm. but if you can hit like curse and like alpine moon and stuff like that against lotus on that if you don't have it in your opening hand oh there is also go blank here actually but experimental frenzy that seems very sus against lotus I'd probably bring it in like I just want anything I can to go faster um, 
but that that could be wrong. I think I think honestly the the culture familiar cat oven thing um, against Lotus feels really bad. I would probably mm-hmm. cut that entire package altogether. That's eight cards right there, and then two moon one curse three go blank two actually, frenzy. Actually, no, that yeah, that's, to, that's eight right there. You do want the croc sailing. Probably. Yeah, you can so do, then you, you can, can cut some other dirty trim, stuff. Yeah. Fatal push. You also need to get rid of your fatal pushes. Yeah. Or you can, no. Yeah. No. For arboreal grazer. For grazer. I'm, I seriously, I'm 100. Yeah, but do you keep I, in your play seriously. set for grazer? Uh, I would oftentimes against Lotus bring in four fatal push. Yeah, it's that big of a roadblock because what gets past it? Mayhem Devil. That's it. You need to kill it. You need to present a clock. Yeah, and you fair need enough. To kill it. Fatal push is really important. Yeah, I guess Shrapnel Blasting and Arboreal Grazer feels really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would yeah. probably cut like a Shrapnel Blast and then like a maybe Anvil or like an a, a Epicure probably, and then bringing your two Crocs and then all the other stuff. I wouldn't. Yeah, cut I was the surprised blast, to see. Right? I was surprised to see Voltage Surge go. Um, that that seemed really promising. Uh, sack an artifact deal four to a creature like that kills a grazer for one mana and it's i i think the cat oven is wrong i think that in this deck is wrong to be honest i wouldn't run it at all um is it more for the, the junk version yeah you don't have as much food generation right um and if your only reliance on this cat oven being live is by having both of those cards available, it feels way worse. You don't have any other synergies to help make use of it. You don't have your um, the two mana enchantment uh, trail of crumbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have gooses. Um, mm-hmm. you, you don't have really anything else that generates food. So I don't like cat oven interactives, to be honest. I really, really don't. Um, so... I would rather cut that all together and just kind of go back to like more interaction. Probably bring back the um, the surges, like Rose was just talking about. Um, I'd probably bring back the Blood Tithe Harvesters too. Um, instead, I think that's honestly a better game plan than the Cat Oven. Because sure, you can. Like, here's the other thing: you're not running this. This deck's not running the. Um, me hook massacre anymore right, and that's right the that'd be the reason i'd want to play cat oven by having me hook out and go cat oven ping you for two mm-hmm. kind of thing so i i i don't see how that's that great to, to be completely honest um and then with karn being so prevalent another artifact that gets shut down by karn in which again you're 100 reliant on the witch's oven with your college familiar to make it work in this deck as opposed to having any other food synergies makes it seem way worse. Um, so yeah, I don't like out oven and rack dose completely. I, I, I think it's wrong. I, I think it's a great and a powerful synergy, but this is not the place to do it because it feels very slapped in last second of like, I guess we should is how this comes off to me because Loris is gone. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's um, just eight anvil, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like a two two card anvil, I guess, which is yeah, not ideal, obviously. Um but I mean, worse comes to worse, you just turn that witch's oven into five face damage and you know, yeah. every artifact yeah, is true. five damage. Then I'd I mean, 
I almost want Terrarion again instead. Yeah, I'd, right. I'd rather have ways to dig further into the deck. Yeah, and um, and then like the surges to like sack a Terrarion and like hit. Like I'm, I'm just trying to think of like outside the ideal world of like you hit College Million Witches Oven in your opening hand or like in your first two turns, uh, on like or your first two turns drawing. Um, it just seems too ideal, I guess, of of wishful thinking as opposed to being in a, a game plan that I think works out the best. So, yeah, I so think, go back to, I think it's because it's like, it's Anvil adapting into this like faster clock rather than the other way around. You know, I think, I think cat ovens there for, you know, the, the mid range matchups and the, you know, the low to the ground matchups. Um, and, and then the mirror, they and could, the mirror? And maybe the mirror, yeah, yeah. Um, and at that point, why not just have this deck become? You know, I'd be way more interested in. I'd be way more interested in this deck being a Karn deck than a Cat Oven deck to see where that can go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think this is what what Anvil's response to blue white control, um, is. Like this is mm. this is the yeah. second second league dump in a row where blue white control has been the dominant deck and everyone knew it would be going into it. And That's I think so good. I think just throwing four shrapnel blasts in is like, okay. That's how we do it. Yeah, because I think going for a Karn version, I don't know if I want to do that in a meta where the most popular deck runs like three to four sensor and two, three, or sometimes That's even fair. four Dovin's Veto. Like, I would not yeah. want to play a four-mana non-creature spell on turn four. Yeah. I mean, that that's why I kind of like the idea of um, going back into the Blood Tithe Harvester mm. uh, kind of thing. Uh, uh, maybe even main decking some Croxes. I I think you can. You have enough... I find it so weird that they the don't. Like, one Croxa feels kind of free in this deck. I, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. And I'm surprised that the deck space is, like, so tight. They're like, no, I need this one-off implement of Combustion. Like, do you though? <laughs> like, do yeah, you? As, a, as opposed to four experimental synthesizers, too. Yeah. So, like, is this one? Do you, can, can this not be a Croxa? Like, open up a sideboard slot, too. Like, is your deck list that tight? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can. That is like, do, this is like uh, 66 card scape shift level of like, we did the math. <laughs> like, for a deck. Yeah. yeah and to, to trading in the, trading in the Luris. Trading in a cat for a cow kinda kinda makes me sad. I don't know if that's the only reason we're not running Meat Hook Massacre. Um It's an elk, thank you, sir. <laughs> don't disrespect the Gigantha boy. <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't feel like a great trade to me. Um I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not in love with it, but it's pretty much free. I think the only the only consideration for shutting off Gigantha is bringing in a Meat Hook Massacre again. Um, I, I can't imagine anything else that's not... To go back to Alex's question of, like, which variant I would play, Um, I, I mean, I, I do think that this one probably has the most legs in the meta at the moment with Blue Eye Control being so big. I love... The Rakdos midrange, with all my heart, it's my favorite of the variants. But it is a little sus to play that in a in a in a meta where blue white's so prevalent. Because, like you said, for the exact same reason, the Karn thing of like, 
you have all these sensors, absorbs, uh, Zobin's vetoes, and just things like that. And you're also playing to the board a lot more with creatures that you're not sacrificing to an to an anvil uh, or a witch's oven in this case. So you're a bit softer to Supreme Verdict as well. Um, and and uh, but this deck's pretty soft to farewell. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's why you I, hope when your opponent taps out for farewell, you just shrapnel blast them twice in response. Like that's basically yeah. why the card's there, I think, to just have that like threat that your opponent can never tap out because you will you will just dome them. And if you don't, and if they don't do anything, then like well, two mana that pays for a for a deadly dispute. And then you just do that, or you you sacrifice an implement of combustion or something like that. Eat a food if you feel a, like it. There has to be a different way to go about it. As opposed to this called your familiar thing. It, it's tough when you when you think about blue-white. And it feels kind of bad. We're, we're putting so much stock into blue-white control as a player. As opposed to thinking about like where this deck kind of like interacts with other matchups. Like mm-hmm. Five-color humans, other mid-range decks, Niftalite, um, Ascendancy, all these kind of other things. Where... You almost don't care about those matchups. You just kind of like say, I'll grind those matchups and I'll make it worth it. I'm just trying to think of how do we get through to blue-white control. Yeah, and, and I even my my actual answer to that question is is Rakdos mid-range. I thought we were deciding between like the different anvil variants. Um no, Rakdos in general. Oh yeah. I would I would be playing Rakdos mid-range and I would be hoping that that I'm facing against all of those aggro decks that are hoping to take out blue white control um yeah i i think that's a good response to um and i don't think your matchup is that bad against blood control i think you probably just adjust your sideboard differently um i remember i for vampires for example when i was playing that uh i really skewed my sideboard and be like i need i want to dumpster control Mm -hmm. as hard as possible where I was running two Rankle and two Liliana, um, uh, that's the Waker of the Dead yeah. in the sideboard, and I was bringing those in, and I'm just like, look, you want to counter my shit? That is fucking fine. I'll have another one ready to go, um, and just keep throwing it at them and keep throwing it at them. Eventually, one will stick, and it, it just made it so the matchup was just probably different now with March, uh, being in the fray. It doesn't hit Planeswalkers, but does hit your creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, man, blue white's such a tough, tough deck to play against right now, and it makes it's weird because like mystical, mystical dispute. If you're in a blue deck, feels worse than it ever has against blue white because they have march and and uh, supreme verdict that well, you can't counter, and they have dove. Even uh, if you're playing another control deck, that's Dovin's why it's veto. so dominant. Yeah. They have Dovin's veto that you can't yeah. counter, and they have a flesh threat that's white. So you can't even yeah. mystical dispute that. And you have to resort to like hopefully getting to sensory or like negate or once you do expensive counter spells, you start fighting on their end step and then they just drop it to fairy on your ass. So like yep. it, it's it's very hard to to attack this deck, I think. But I do think in black you're probably in the right spot. Like if I think like of Aussies. my matches when I played against like Rectal's Arcanist, and this was especially when Phoenix was prevalent. And they would just have four Thoughtseize, four Go Blank, a couple of Duress, and a couple Croxes. And my hand would just be empty on turn four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would just get absolutely annihilated by that deck. 
And I do honestly think that is like a a way to go about it. And, and funnily enough, right? I mean, this would worsen you against other decks. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't like be that surprised if there is actually um, another mind rot variant that's better. If you're looking to beat blue white, because go blanks the one everyone goes to now, but blue white doesn't do yeah. that much with their graveyard. They they dropped uh, the, yeah. yeah. There's right. often like a deluge. memory deluge or two, but like right. yeah. the matchups where they graveyard trespasser. Yeah, or even but even if you do the the matchups where they're tapping seven to flashback a memory deluge are either the matchups <laughs> you're already winning or the matchup you've already lost. Yeah, like there's never yeah. like a close game where that happens. So, and there's there's even there's mind world variants I think that make people lose life. And like if I'm you want right now, if you want to go faster, Rakdos's return. Um, that's uh, which, that's a hell of a nice card. Here, here you go, guys. I have all the mind rot variants of Pioneer right now in front of me. So first things first is um, Arterial Flow from Ixawan, uh, Rivals of Ixawan, or not Rivals? Was it Rivals? I don't fucking remember. Um, one double double black. Each opponent discards two cards. If you control a vampire, each opponent loses two life. You gain two life. Hey, we're going into uh, fucking vampires. Let's go. Um, uh, you have Demi Gorgon's clutches from AFR. Mm-hmm. Target opponent discards two cards, mills two cards, and loses two life. Um, you have Diplomacy of the Wastes. Uh, three mana. Uh, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose an island card from it. That player discards that card. And if you oh, if you control a warrior, that's bad. Uh, dying to serve. <laughs> That's an enchantment. Bad. Elspeth's nightmare. That's bad. Unburden's here's one that great. I'm. Here's one that I'm interested. I in. like Unburden a and lot. I, Alex, remember I was high in this card, and I said when they stop playing Dig Through Time, I'm going to look at it again. Now is the time. Inscription of Ruin. Mm. Okay. Three mana has the mine rot. Discard two cards, but it has the flexibility of bringing back your. Graveyard Trespasser, your Bone Crusher Giants, your uh, Blood Tithe Harvester, uh, even bringing back a Croxa just to have them discard another card in those uh, instances. Um, and then if you can get to the higher mana to kick it, which honestly you typically can in these matchups because they are going to be a bit grindy against Blood Control, um, being able to do all of it. Um, and then Destroy Target Creature can come up every now and then, not as much against Blue-White, but at least it has that flexibility in other matchups as well. Um, and the last thing is, target opponent discards two cards for... It's no way out from AFR. Discard two cards, create a 2-2 Black Zombie Decayed. Um, oh, and there's Unburden, which is a Mine Rot from Amonkhet that cycles for two. Yeah. So, I think Inscription of Ruin is the, is the pick. Now, I do, I do think important to keep in mind if before anyone orders any of these cards um this would be like what i would look at too if i i'm in my local meta and i'm just looking to destroy blue white because there's a reason people play go blank because phoenix is still a very popular deck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is and phoenix will laugh at you if you post board cast a demogorgon's clutches on them (laughs) and you're like you mean i get to discard two and mill two and it's like discard has helped me, right? Yeah. So you know you want you do want to be looking at that, but sometimes, especially in like a local meta, you could definitely have like that one guy you're just looking to like. Because I know that because I used to be that guy, and people would board in no hide Ferox if their deck wasn't green, like just to fuck with me. 
So, mm -hmm. but I would be looking at that because I think mine rot effects are have like kind of been underrated uh, until we got go blank and people are like, wow, these things are great. And that obviously helps with the exile, but mind rot effects have been pretty good already. Um, yeah, the first the first pioneer deck I ever built and played was eight rack. Uh, so I was just mind rot tribal um, and unburdened felt felt very good all the time you know cycling is great um but but yeah again against like grease fang and phoenix and like you just you just don't want to you don't want to main board and unburden instead of a go blank right now like there could be a time but it's not right now yeah um Go blank's still really good. There's even yeah. a a go blank uh, a mind rot variant uh, in Heartless Village that actually gets you a treasure back if you've attacked. Yeah, that one's pretty sweet. So isn't that just discard a card though? Not I thought two. it was discard two. I, I'm looking at all the ones that say discard two and it's not popping up. Yeah, it's two and a black target opponent discards two cards. Raid create a treasure. Is it three mana or four? Uh, it's three. Why is my scryfall not working then? Because I have it in uh, typed in for the text discard two. But that would be so. That's sort of like on the rectals one. Now we that was just talking about the challenges, and usually the leagues actually have some more spice in them. But some of these challenge lists we talked about were also lists that showed up in the leagues. So mm -hmm. um, obviously, Rose, you do a lot of like the league management and making the posts and that sort of thing. So what are like some decks that you show it? found in the leagues that you're we like yeah i i'd want to talk about this this deck's cool yeah yeah i uh i really liked the the delver list today i'm i'm currently writing an article about it um for playing pioneer uh just like the the 50 deck highlights that we do um it's it's just all the all the phoenix spells uh and then no phoenix oh, i think one crackling drake let me actually pull it up yeah yeah, yeah. i've uh Oh, and yeah, just the four, four crews. Like four this. young pyromancer, four delvers. Um, yeah, the four crews. Uh yeah, I mean this looks I haven't I haven't seen Delver do super well in in Pioneer recently, so I was really excited to see this here. Um uh, the Grixis control list today was great. I mean it, it was the the one that Krim played last week. Uh, and I, I know Alex wrote a little bit about it last week. Um, the Red Devotion deck, uh, Esper Control. But yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about any of them. Like at yeah, let's, just, like this let's Delver just, go, list. just go over it. Let's just start with the Delver one. Uh, let me just quickly try and find it again. Before we jump into that, I, I do have a question. We're trying to pick decks that can uh, seemingly do well against blue eye control and then have some legs against other decks as well. Is there consideration for mono black aggro again? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, that, that 5-0 to league yesterday. Um, I mean, it's find the list. Roberto 777 took it into a league. Um, don't think there there are any 
Neon Dynasty editions besides the Black Channel we're Land playing, Takanuma. Some of them were playing on the uh the Blade of the Oni or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Equipment. That, that I think the Soul Reaper has the uh, quickly proven itself to not be a good card in Mono Black. But um Oh yeah, I agree. I, I think I think Mono Black's like I mean the thing with Mono Black is that I think it's always decent. Because Thoughtseize backed mm -hmm. up by Clock with the potential of playing Fatal Push is just like never mm -hmm. a bad thing to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, definitely a deck that wanted to dump on Blue-Eyed. But I think initially what kind of shoved it out of the meta was Niv, right? Yes, yeah. Where it just, it couldn't beat the top decks. But it, it seems it seems like it it could. I mean, it's not it's not a 80-20 matchup, you know? You still have Thoughtseize um and just disrupting niv early game you could get there yeah so i think i think mono black would be pretty decent pick you know it's, it's especially for the people who so i know quite a few people who just bought mono black when pioneer was reasonably new um because they they also thought like yeah that's just going to be like a solid deck year round right basically and mm -hmm. I, I still think that's the case. Um, I probably think the reason you don't see Mono Black show up as much, maybe like in challenges and stuff, is because I feel like part of the sort of identity is, of Mono Black is that it's a list that's always pretty good and you don't really have to change anything. But mm -hmm. I also feel yeah. like there might not be as much that you can change about Mono Black. So you can't really tech it for a metagame and then absolutely destroy set metagame, like what you can do with a blue-white control deck, where you're like, yeah, there's just metas where you look at it, and you're like, I'm going to play blue-white control, I'm going to put farewell in my deck, and I'm going to destroy every deck that I run into, looking at a meta. And mono-black is just kind of like a 50-50 deck against the field. It's kind of like Jund in modern, right? It's like our Jund. I think someone, I don't know who this is, they refer to it as mono-black Jund. Um... <laughs> Because that's just kind of what it does. It's like it's pretty decent everywhere, but that means that it's also not going to show up in large numbers. But it doesn't actually mean it's not a good deck. Yeah. Yeah, it, it hasn't For, changed in in quite a while. Yeah, unless the last For, time you played it was with Smuggler's Copter, the deck hasn't changed. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. If there's any deck to see um, pick up steam because of Blue White's. Uh, prevalence in the meta i'd have to say that bant spirits should 100 be on the table to make a huge comeback um just or even just azoria spirits just interaction um fast clock just I mean if it gets really black bad mono blue tempo just straight yeah, up four spell pierce in yeah, your main deck mono blue spirits hmm. i think those are really good decks to to consider um and to a lesser extent i mean winota has to be pretty good against uh blue white control just by Is presenting it? this crazy clock i mean you're you're soft to sweepers but i mean they potentially um, have a one white card one they can do one white pitch two cards get rid of your winota and your deck doesn't do anything for, like that's something i'd be very worried about hurts. if i'm playing Winona. Yeah, March hurts, but I think to tie it to the deck we wanted to talk about a little bit with the Is It Delver deck, 
I think a card I am very happy to see in here is that two spell beers. Um, in the main deck, I think spell beers at this point is like actually secretly a really good card because, mm. especially with mono blue, well, with spirits decks, they're there but not very popular. Most of the blue cards you're interacting with, I think, are non creature spells. But now that we see blue white control being very popular, having that one mana answer to March or the Wandering Emperor, and then this one even runs Unsubstantiate, which buys you a turn against Supreme Verdict, which at that point you kind of hope is all you need, right? Like you go like turn mm -hmm. one, turn two, you play like two threats, and then you just start backing them up with like spell beer, spell beer, so right, unsubstantiate your thing, and at this point you probably die to my clock. Um... In that way, I think Spell Pierce with March and Wandering Emperor and potentially Farewell might actually be a mm -hmm. really good card to be playing with Blue White Control in the meta. So that's what I really yeah, like about this deck. This is a good Spell Pierce deck because as opposed to Phoenix, yeah. it doesn't have to tap out. March, March hurts, but the only thing that hurts worse is pitching two cards to March and then having it Spell Pierced for one. Yeah, exactly. That's th that that wins games. Yeah. Like spell piercing yeah. a march on your crackling drake, the game's just over now. Mm -hmm. There's also just straight up burn that can come back, like the low to the ground, um, Boros burn with Boros charm and the wizard's package, and they're even trying the Kumano Kumano faces of um, Kakazan. Mm -hmm. Kakazan, I think is a sweet card. Um, I think. I think as people are starting to notice blue white be so prevalent again, we'll see that shift of like other decks kind of come up again to help bring down blue white a little bit, or at least alter the meta. Like we'll see mono black aggro come up more. We'll see mono blue tempo or spirits or like low to the ground Boros aggro or mono red burn, that kind of thing. Um, kind of. And as these like Rakdos uh, anvil decks try to lean more into the blue-white deck or that matchup, um, that that could also just see it kind of fluctuate a little bit and kind of pop down in meta share. And then we see things like Phoenix come up again and Winota come up more because now they're not as soft to blue-white and all mm -hmm. this shit. So it's it's that revolving door of uh, how the meta just kind of always evolves and changes. But I don't think we're in in for it quite, quite yet this... Uh, our new overlord blue white control type of idea. Um, but goddamn, did that deck in the last three sets just get incredibly powerful? The cards it's gotten. Yeah. I'm I'm fucking scared. Yeah, as as now. a Grixis player, the statement white is a bad color always pisses me off. Cause I'm like, have you seen mm -hmm. the state of red in control decks? Like, I know red yeah. aggro's good. But I keep getting my cards Dovins vetoed, and I don't know what you guys are talking about with white cards being bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah, and same with like March. Well, now red's kind of good because there's finally artifacts running around, so braids and that sort of thing are finally like good control cards, and we kind of see that in like the the mono red decks and stuff too, like the return of a braid. To, you don't have to cast a Colligan's command to force a discard and hit face for two. Oh. You know? What if, you actually get like, to hit artifacts now. Yeah, exactly. The whole, like, or, like, ping your dork, I guess you discard, and they're like, discard this dead removal spell, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. But I found Prismari <laughs> Command to actually be 
kind of gas for that reason. Like, even that just shatter an artifact, make a treasure, and then suddenly, like, your gear hole comes down early or something. Uh, funnest one is with Narset in play. If you've got nothing to do, just instant speed mind rot your opponent on their end step, that's pretty gas, too. Even more fun with Notion Thief, but I've kind of got a little bit off that card given some of the stuff we're seeing now. But Rakdos K Command should be a three or four of in the mid range list now, just to be able to kind of keep picking at your opponent's hand for blue white and just bringing back a creature on end step or something. Um, that's a really good card. Yeah. Oh trying to think what yeah, was the I other think... deck you want oh finish your thought first and then we'll move on to the next deck uh i think the the rakdos mid-range deck from yesterday was uh was up to three colligan's command yeah it is and one angrath in the main yeah. um i love angrath my favorite planeswalker yeah um, i'll put it this way if if Kethis didn't exist, our playmat would have Angrath behind me instead of Kethis. <laughs> I'll be honest, the stare down between Angrath and Bolas would have probably looked cooler. It, it would have. Yeah. I, would, I agree. <laughs> um, but I love Kethis so much. But um, I've been playing Liliana Waker of the Dead. I'm oh, not Waker of the Dead. I'm sorry, Liliana Death's Majesty mm-hmm. from Amonkhet and Rakdos mid range, and that fucking card is so goddamn good. Um especially with all the creatures that you play in that deck, uh, bringing things back and like the milling aspect, just make a body um, and keep going from, I, I think if I'm going to play a five mana planeswalker in Rakdos midrange, I'm more inclined to play death's majesty over Angrath right now. Um, Cause by the time you get Angrath down, I mean, yeah, picking out your opponent's hand, especially against like blue white, but what, what are the odds that they don't counter your five mana planeswalker? Right. Or like like sneak it underneath them. Isn't or like the, already uh, don't have too many cards. Isn't there something cool to grab with the minus with like the minus? Because I remember in standard, it was so good because there was a little thief of sanity running around. And you could steal mm-hmm. your opponent's thief of sanity, get a trigger, and then it would die. Like, are there not like cards right now that you're kind of looking to to yoink from your opponent? I don't think there's too many that I can think of that have like I mean that late in the game, you can take a giant shark. A giant flying shark. That's true. Yeah. S- swing it at their planeswalker. Or just the. But they're them. also only running. They're only only running one in the main deck now, and a lot of them aren't even running another one in the side to bring in. Oh those yeah. Matchups. I mean, uh, shark um, typhoon. Yeah, shark typhoon. Mm. It's just tough. This meta is a tough one to crack with uh, with blue white being around. But there's still a lot of cool decks. I think the next deck you wanted to touch on was that the Grixis deck, or was there another deck in between that you? Uh... There was a there was a red devotion deck right. here. Uh, with um, I assume that is a... uh, fanatic Amogus. Yeah. Oh, running oh. running Anax. Anax. Dragon yeah. Whisperer. What the fuck is Dragon Whisperer? Two two for two. A cool card. Um, pay one. So Dragon Whisperer is a. Two mana, a double red, two two human shaman that says uh, you can pay a red. Uh, Dragon Whisperer gains flying until end of turn. Then you can also pay one and a red. Dragon Whisperer gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Then it has formidable, uh, four mana, uh, six mana, four and double red. 
Put a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Activate this ability only if you can, uh, if creatures you control have a total power of 8 or greater. Um, also features some of the coolest art I've ever seen on a magic card. Very cool. Yeah, that one's really cool. Uh, Ash Zell, it's a cool one too. Um, I I bought a I got I picked up my playset from from like a bulk box my LGS it just had a had happened to have exactly four cards in there of Ash Zell and I'm like eh, whenever it's good I'll bring it in but but this deck is really dope but I'm a little I'm almost a little surprised by this deck because even though you can because it doesn't even have um, Burning Tree Emissary. Right. So this deck looks very fair to me. Compared to Firebrand is a weird one for me. Um, I, I think that that's probably there to be the option of being a point of devotion while also dealing with dorks from the mono green deck. Because I can imagine... Game, you can just ping your opponent for three with Torbrand. Yeah, I can imagine mm-hmm. this deck might not be fast enough to deal with mono green. But buying yourself that turn with the Firebrand to just kill their dork might actually be pretty valuable. But yeah, I, I do think this deck is super awesome, and Fnatic of Mogus is a really cool card. Um, yeah, I I love the the Smash the Smithereens sideboard. I love three Mizian Mortars main board because we're we're just overloading it with the Nykthos mana we're getting. One bane fire is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Oh that card. Oh no, get it out of here. I brought Adrian along to the FNM uh, last week, and um, I gave him my feather deck to play because that's one of his favorite decks of all time. And he's like, "Do you have any bane fires?" And I was like, "I don't have any in my binder or anything with me. They're at home." And and uh, the other one of the other guys that I brought with me um, from an old LGS I would go to. Uh, he, I finally convinced him to come out to this one. He was like, "Oh, I got some of my uh, my binder right now." And he gave Adrian a, a bane fire, uh, just to because he's like, just in case we're into blue white. I like having that one bane fire on the board. He put bane fire just... in his feather deck. He did. <laughs> That's pretty bold. And I remember in um, I think this was Rivals of. Was it Rivals of Ixalan Standard? No, this was later, but. About around that time, I remember. I, th- I think I think it was reprinted in M nineteen, and then in that standard format, there would actually be like red based control decks that would like randomly have a bane fire in the sideboard, and it was the dumbest shit ever in control decks because mm-hmm. you would be smacking each other around with like random cards, and eventually someone would turn kind of low, and you would just tap eleven, and be like, "Yeah, dirtle time's over, baby." Feels good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a card that people should kind of look at for blue-white control. I mean, you do need Shit, to get man, to I a might... lot of mana. This this would be cooler if the blue-white deck were still playing uh, more settled wreckage, because that was a really cool answer with um, Play mm-hmm. With Fire at the time in Standard, where people would settle you yeah. to get so much mana that you could just tend them like I think, out of nowhere. I think they do play one right now, for the most part, in the lists. But like I would consider it in Rakdos mid range because like you can get them low if you like can get some of your creatures to stick and get like a few hits in before they sweep you. You're like yeah, I'd like to uh, like the bane fire you for a bit. 
I also like the Rampaging get... Frosted on the sideboard of this deck. Like, that's a card that's like banded standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always strikes me as a really, really like randomly super good card into some matchups. Yeah. And then the, the Glorious Return of Fry, which is actually pretty cool against <laughs> the Emperor too, because I can imagine that like yeah, they Fry's might get greedy and like uptick that Emperor because they want to get it out of burn range. So they might drop it on your end step, untap it, and they get such a huge tempo swing by immediately frying it. You can really punish them for being greedy and just kind of like swing back those games immediately. Yeah, right, right. I just, I'm happy to see a lot of cool things being tried out. Oh, speaking of feather, here's a feather list that actually, uh, yeah, five owed. Yeah. Holy shit. Actual oh, feather. Four feather. Um, I have three in my list that I gave Adrian. Um, basically, like the list looks pretty much the same. It's twenty lands um, on my list too, but I'm running three feather um, and then four defiant strike. I think that's literally the the, the difference exactly in the in the main sixty. Mm. Uh, ignoring the the lands, I don't have any den of the bugbears in my feather list because I have I own six. Four of them are in my mono red list, and two of them are in my Rakdos mid range list. Nice. I am not buying more of them. Yeah, those are those are getting pretty pricey. Actually, they're coming back down yeah. recently. They're they're back to like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. They were they're up still to insane 14. on Moto. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They're like thirty five ticks on Moto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is pretty much exactly the list. Even that one of Titan Strength, where I was like, I can't let go of it. <laughs> can't let go of the one of. Um, but yeah, f- that that this is the list. Uh, just four to find strike instead of four feather and three feather as the switch. Um, actually, no. I'm sorry. I am not running Soulscar Mage in mine. Why are you running that? I don't remember. Oh, 10th District Legionnaire. Three of those. Mm. And then like an, then like one other something in the spell slot. The flashback one? Like the homestead? Um, something? No. I don't remember. A second Titan Strength? I know strength? 20 lands. It's only one Titan Strength. Summit Sprint? Um... Oh, uh, well, you guys talk about different deck. I can fucking tell you because it's, it's yeah. I, I, me. I think to just touch on on feather a little bit. I've I I was talking with people the other day at a, at an LGS head play it, and they were trying to get in the pioneer, and they were interested in the feather deck, and they, and they asked that this was Luris was legal then, so they were basically asking me like, hey, should I go be a, go and play Luris or go and play feather? Well, guess that's answered for them now. But then I mentioned like I think feather. Like and almost feather decks that are whole are almost always as good as reckless rage is in the meta. Mm. Like reckless mm-hmm. rage is such an absurd card, especially with feather out. Where I feel like there's some matchups that you basically cannot lose once you have feather and reckless rage out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured it uh, out. Oh, I'm, yes. uh, so I'm running two gird for battle instead of four. Okay, and I'm running three boros charm. Oh, in yeah. the main. Ah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've lost to that before. And then, and a three ten district legionnaire. So that that's a little bit different from what we're seeing. This one's a lot cleaner. Just a playset of all the creatures, uh, pretty much a playset of all the uh, the spells, except for the three defiant strike and one titan strength. But yeah, I'm running some because uh, I mean, giving double strike to some of your prowess stuff uh, with boros charm or just having that extra reach to burn them out, kind of thing, or indestructible against sweepers. You know, mm-hmm. I think is I think is pretty pretty good. 
So I think I like uh, with what you were saying, Rose, when we talk about the Rakdos decks, where you were kind of talking like, well, I want to be on Rakdos bit range because I'm going to be dunking on all the aggro decks that are looking to beat Blue-White. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Feather can be in like a similar space. Oh, yeah. Where, especially because this is a favorite Hoplite version and that card get large right. fast. Right. right? Yeah. So just having that, like just the blowout on literal like turn two to just block a creature before block reckless rage my favorite hoplite and kill your other attacker like mm-hmm. that is disgusting versus aggro decks and then, and then you're just you casting it over and over with arcanist that yeah that rage. too and even when you cast it early and then you have feather out and then you attack with rectal's arcanist and it actually goes back to your hand right yeah right, right. right. and feather so yeah. it's not even truly gone and once you have multiple reckless rages in your hand when the game goes longer like no aggro deck beats you ever mm-hmm. so i feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of they might actually be taking that approach and then what i like about feather is that against blue white it can have these like stupid fast rolls where you play like you have like let's say you have one of each of your one drops so you just on the play turn one favorite hoplite turn two swift swift spear soul scar mage and then on turn three, you could just blow them up if they don't have interaction. So it kind of yeah. does what the aggro decks are looking to do against blue-white. It's just a little bit less consistent. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's very good against the decks that are looking to beat up blue-white. I think Feather's right. actually yeah. a pretty awesome deck at this point. Yeah. yeah Adrian, um, he went to... It was actually kind of cool. So at the FNM last week, um, my friend Nathaniel that I had come along finally. He 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 brought blue white. Uh blue light control. But it wasn't even like high powered yet. He doesn't have wandering embers, he doesn't have march. So he's still in like an older, like dig through time consider version. But um he got first place when three and oh. I got second place at two and one. Adrian got third place at two and one because Adrian and I both lost the blue light control. Uh, we both played him and both lost uh and then won our other games. So we got the we got the generous uh opponent winning percentage to help mm. us out with the uh, yeah. tiebreakers. Um, but Adrian went against uh, a, like an, is it a merge deck with like elder deep fiend and shit, um, which was super cool. It was running rekindling Phoenix. So to like sack rekindling Phoenix to elder deep fiend for a merge yeah, that and have really him come cool. back. Um, and then he beat a, I think a gruel like energy. Style. I think it was running pump more, but it leans a bit more towards like mid range. So like the two creature decks he went against, he just dumpstered with feather, and then so like I guess so feather is pretty cool uh, right now against like you said the creature decks. Yeah, and I'm, so I'm I, thinking like I I don't know if there are a lot of these examples, but I think this might be one of the very few examples of a deck that actually got better with the Luris ban. You know, like yeah, I, it's it's yeah. tough to it's tough to say that about anything else because like you could have always played the better version if it really was better um but i i think this one being forced back into feather made it better like objectively better the interaction between between reckless rage going back to your hand after a dreadhorde arcanist recast is wild and like we, we've cut boros charm from the deck entirely we're all in on cards that dreadhorde arcanist can recast without buffing it first mm-hmm. um 
because Feather puts them back into your hand. Like that's that's a wild interaction that that I think is one of the few cases of Luris actually holding a deck back based on like people just forcing it. Yeah. I, I did say in the the recent article I did for um the expiration of uh, a world without Luris, um the uh I did say that like Feather I think is an easy like include now that Luris is gone. But I did add that I would not be surprised if after a bunch of testing, um, it's it's possible that the lower the ground one ends up being better, even without Luris. So I'm I'm open to both ideas. But I, I do think what you say is my gut feeling tells me like I agree with you that Luris was holding the deck back. But I can see both versions being attempted. I, I think right? I just feather so good. I think it's kind of funny that like when we had Luris, I think the Luris deck, the Luris version was better. This is going to sound a bit silly, but let's say, hypothetically, Feather was the only deck that was still allowed to be a Luris deck. Mm -hmm. I would now want to be on Feather. So, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, how right. the way the meta changed <laughs> made the Feather version better, even if Luris was still an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when mm -hmm. we actually had Luris, I think I would have rather been on Luris than on Feather because of just how okay. the meta looked a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Get that. Uh, were there any other uh, decks you want to look at, Rose? Uh, not not super in depth. Um, I like this Esper Control Yorian deck a little bit, only because it's kind of my pet deck. Uh, and and we haven't we haven't seen like so it's it's really like the white black Doom Foretold Rite of Oblivion Yorian Enchantment mm -hmm. Blink deck. That was a mouthful. Um. And we're it's just splashing it's it's Bacchanel five oh in the March fourteenth league. It's splashing blue for Narset, Teferi, Omen of the Sea, um, and for Shark Typhoon. Um, but I I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I think it might have the most neon dynasty cards packed into a deck. Um, besides like some of the vehicles decks, of course. Uh there's four Wandering Emperor. Three March of Otherworldly Light. This is the first time I've seen Spirit Sisters call in a tournament. Um, it's a lot of text, uh, but it's it's it returns. Um, so you sacrifice a permanent at the beginning of your end step um, and kind of trade it with your graveyard for a permanent of the same type. So you can sack an uh, uh, enchantment and bring back your Doom Foretold. Um, it's almost like a Starfield of Nyx. Uh, but I'm interested in your Shark Typhoon. Like, yeah, you right. just cycle yeah, yeah. that early, and then yeah. you drop this, and you just turn an Oath of Kaya into a Shark Typhoon, and I would consider yeah. that an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Or a Trial of Ambition yeah. that's sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, just after, not being after a card, and now it's yeah. a win condition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a turn five card, um, but it's... It's it's pretty spicy. For Restoration of a Ganjo, it's an is a great new card that like is kind of competing for the birth of Miletus spot in this white black archetype. Um this deck has no birth of Miletus, so it won that battle. Um the first step of the saga is the same as Birth of Miletus. Um search your library for a planes, put it into your hand. 
The second one is you can discard a card, and then when you do return target permanent with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Um, so worst case scenario, you're discarding the planes you drew off the first step and then just returning it to your battlefield tapped on its next step. Uh, best case scenario, you're bringing back one of these enchantments. Um, and then it flips into a 3-4 that creates a, a spirit, a 1-1 one, one spirit whenever it attacks or blocks. And it's Vigilance, right? Um, this, isn't this literally... What's that card from Theros? There's this, like, Cat King, basically. And the, name, and the name slips my mind, but it's literally that card. Just a 3-mana, three 3-4, three, whenever it swings, you make a token. Whenever it blocks, you make a token. Hmm. But yeah, I, uh, I Brimas was that card. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it's really... I actually like the restoration of Igonjo in this deck because I like the idea of your Birth of Malaitis being ramp because I feel like this is a deck can, that can just like infinitely be spending its mana. Mm -hmm. So like you mm -hmm. will absolutely take like the weirdest rampant growth you've ever seen just because you really badly just want as much... Well, it's basically you can't flood. Like, I feel like the concept of Flood doesn't exist to this deck. Like, it'll always have something to do with its mana. Yeah, yeah. And and you can use it. It's versatile, too. You can use it as ramp to bring back the, the land you discarded um, or a Fabled Passage that you discarded before that. Or if you have to, you can bring back the Trial of Ambition that you sacked to Rite of Oblivion flashback the right of oblivion on the trial again you know and and hit something else um like nothing sticking to the table on the other side of this deck yeah especially with four doom foretold i mean that's uh i just i just don't know how it looks against against blue white control this looks very yeah. iffy in that matchup yeah I think another one of the books of like looking to beat the crap out of decks that try to beat blue white. Yes, definitely. Which I think is the cool like rock, paper, scissors type of thing we uh we have going on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a sign of a healthy meta. Yeah, exactly. Um I think another deck I want to quickly touch on, and we we already mentioned it briefly, and that was the Grixis deck. Um that 5 owed, And mm -hmm. this is very similar. I don't think it's the same. It's not the same 75, I'm pretty sure. But this is very similar to the one last week that a lot of people have probably seen from the Goldfish video um, with um, from Krim, which I think was titled... Um, what was it? The, the answer to Pioneer is Grixis? Yeah. But like, in my idea, the, the, the answer to any question is Grixis. So... Um, <laughs> But I think this deck's super cool. Now, it runs some weird stuff. Like, I feel like Kaito is a bit of a funny card um, mm. to put in your control deck that basically has no other creatures to trigger it with. But I do... A card that I see in this deck, and one that heavily gets overshadowed because the counterpart to it is one of the best cards in the format right now, this deck runs two March of Wretched Sorrow. Right, right. And yeah. this card has been kind of a banger for me. Like I've I've been playing this card too. Um because I was running um like cards like Thoughtseize in my main deck, which you know this was before Luris was banned. I tried wanted to run this card. 
because I thought Thoughtseize was a very valuable card, but there was also with like Ensoul and Auras, there was a lot of um, aggro running around. And especially with um, with Auras, I didn't give a shit about two for one myself because all that matters in that matchup is tempo. And once mm-hmm. all the creatures they can slap Auras are on are dead, nothing happens. So I was just very interested in getting my curve as low as possible in some of these matchups. And I found this card to be superb in like lots of matchups it can turn main deck it can just like turn your dead fatal pushes into things that now kill narsets um yeah but even just the fact that this card isn't actually as bad early game as it looks especially compared to a card like arabos intervention which we a lot of people myself included compared it to but the pitching means this card can at least work early game where if you have like mm. your second sweeper in your hand and it's on turn one and you need to kill a mana dork it's like okay two for one yourself kill the mana dork but Erebo's intervention wouldn't be able even be able to kill that but late game it's had the most value to literally be a card that boils down to black x gain x life right right yeah. like i remember i played against um a rectal's anvil deck which I knew might still have a fatal push in the main de- in post board because like uh, there was open deck list and their sideboard had like some options and uh, I think Voltaic Search was in that deck too. So I actually just threw this at my own Torrential Gear Hulk because I knew they couldn't kill it to fizzle it. Literally as a life gain spell. Like just to give me a breather against, especially with these grindy Rakdosi decks that, you know, when we talked about with Shrapnel Blast, they tend to do like two, three, four damage every turn, and a shrapnel blast takes off a turn. Well, it turns out a march of wretched sorrow for X equals ten, therefore mm-hmm. buys you two turns, which is really valuable in this matchup. But this card has been an absolute banger. Um, it's just that otherworldly light is so freaking good that the rest of the cycle looks shit. But this one is a solid number two, I think, in that cycle. Yeah, I do like. Yeah. Um, speaking of the marches, there is an ascendancy list, I believe, in the league dump that's running. Um, yeah, March of Swirling Mist, which I've tried on some leagues, and I don't know what to think about this card. It's when it's great, it's fucking bananas. What do you do with this? Do you is. save your own cards from sweepers or something? Uh, you can. You can also. Uh, well, I mean, you can't save your. Um... Actually, hold on. Can you save your, your character? No. Right. Why not? Or no, hexproof is. Uh, hexproof is, is just for your opponents, not shroud. So okay. So you you can you can save your own character, but the best thing is is when you're going off, and there are a lot of like creature decks that are just like they have a bunch of things to block. You just kind of like say, okay, goodbye to your board. I'm getting in freely now to close out the game and attack in. So it has the flexibility of being both a protection spell as well as like an offensive spell mm-hmm. um, to kind of get going. And otherwise, sometimes it can be a fog effect on that extra turn you need it to, to just to live uh, mm-hmm. where you're trying to set up. And you're like, I need one more turn. Um, and you can just fog your opponent by just, you know, getting rid of two or three of their creatures. Um, which then, I believe, if I remember correctly, if you on their turn phase them out they're still phased out for your turn yeah i think they've until their next I turn think cards phase in on their owner's turn 
phasing is weird. Um, I'll try and find it. Like not now because it takes too long. But I think it was April King on Twitter. She basically made like a magic turn breakdown. That is just mm-hmm. this huge thing. That and I know it says like creatures phase in. And I'm just going to find it on that sheet. And then I'll come back to you and say how phasing actually works. Like, <laughs> I find it the most baffling mechanic they brought back. I think protection is stupid. But holy shit, phasing is weird. But they did mm. change the rules, I think, when they brought it back. Like, changing actually works oh, no, sli- they, phasing they, they works slightly back, differently now. Found it. They come back in on the uh, the next untap step. Oh. Um, on their next untap step, the controllers. Wonderful. Oh right, right, um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if you if you um, use it as a fog effect and then like just be like, hey, stay away, then you can. Um, they'll still be gone the next turn that you can freely swing in and close out the game. Ah yes, because so that card's been that makes the game really way more sweet. intuitive to people. No, they come back during your untap step. It's like I thought I wasn't allowed to do anything else during your untap step. It's like yeah, except. <laughs> And yeah, so that that card's really sweet. Um, I like it a lot in um in the in the list. Though I I I've tried the Paradise Druid that they have here in the Spivo, and I've just been like, I don't know if it's good enough. I tried it. I I I didn't like it. Sometimes it was fine. Other times of like having that extra Sylvan character. Um, I ended up cutting it altogether. So I think I would just rather have uh the grow spirals in that 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 little slot there instead of or maybe even um chain the rocks again because this one's not running chain to the rocks at all in the main i kind of want to run silence like even main like pretty badly yeah silence is really good is it not just Um, for blue white because we obviously got a bit stuck on that but it's good against blue white great against lotus great against um uh phoenix too well, then that's a card I'd probably be on, and I'm. I can't imagine that March of Swirling Mist is a card you would rather have than Silence. I'd see the idea behind March, but I, th- I think because it's flexible against other matchups, not just against Blue White and stuff, where you're like, you know, I, I guess like even like saving your Karyatids from like a sweeper they're trying to get down is, is okay. That's a decent thing to fall back on, but. Yeah, I don't know. I find it a little weird. It's it's been pretty decent for me in the leagues I play with it. Um, I tried I tried just being aggressive in my testing, and I, I ran a full four play set to start. Um, I cut because typically your your flex spots were like the two grow spirals, and then like you had two like chain the rocks, and I just went four. I just went cut those, and just went four swirling mists. Four was way too many. Found that out pretty quickly. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think two is, I think fine. I I like it a lot, though. I do I do think going down instead of running four mystical disputes. Uh, in the main, um, I'm dropping down to three. Seems right because again, it's just not as effective against uh, blue white control as you want it to be. I do like the stern dismissals they're running in the side. Um, like for the mirror being able to bounce back the ascendancy. Or just like again buying time against like creatures and stuff, um, or um, against like enigmatic fires, is one you can uh, go against uh, for the enchantments. 
So it has some flexibility to it. Like likes turn dismissal a lot. There's Lotus, I'm not Lotus, I'm sorry. Ascendancy is such a hard deck to um to fine tune because you have those weird like two to four flex spots in your main deck, and then your sideboard is just kind of like goofy feeling, uh, to be honest. So I did come around to uh, Monastery Mentor. Card sweep. Card sweep. Yeah, how many how many are in the deck sideboard? I'm running two. Nice. Uh, but I, I like it a lot. I, th- I think it's really good to have like just the extra threat against your opponent. And like if you're going as blue eye control and you get that down on turn three instead of your ascendancy and you force them to like tap out and like, you know, um, like, yeah, sweep, then you can freely get down your ascendancy again. Uh, again, March hurts the deck so much, though. Just be having a main deck answer to your enchantment. But any way you can to like play around that and then kind of bring in silence to be like, no, thank you. I don't want you to fuck with me, please. Um, is nice. So yeah, I, I ascendancy's weird. I think it really took a huge hit because of blue white being so good right now. But again, if you want to just dumpster on some of these creature decks or mid range decks, you you freely do most of the time. Be honest, it it feels like a free win when I go against uh, some um, some mid range strategies. Like I'm, I just don't care. I'm like, yeah, uh, you got me down to one life. Cool. Um, I I win. Doesn't matter. So, I think as maybe like a a last deck. Well, I don't even need to. Well, we can touch on the the deck real quick. But Brad, quick pub quiz. Uh, what does the card Restoration Specialist do? Restoration Specialist. Can you give me a set that's from? It's from Kaladesh. Kaladesh Restoration Specialist. I have no clue. I thought I'm, you were going to ask I, me about I, Restoration Angel. No, I, I'll, I'll give you a bit more. It's one and a white for a dwarf artificer. That's a 2-1. And I bet you still don't know what it does. <laughs> no fucking clue. Is that a common? <laughs> no, it's an uncommon. It's uncommon. Yeah. It, is, okay. it has one white sec restoration specialist, return up to one target artifact card and up to one target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. And this is a four-off in a blue-eyed control build. Yeah, yeah. This is some of the... Like, I know we... Like in the side? No, the main. What the fuck? Um, it's a blue-white we... Yorian yeah, it's, control. It, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, it is okay. a Yorian deck. And it has, like, Mirror Shell Crab and Pneumonic Sphere and Moon Snare Prototype. And then it has, like, Shark Typhoon as an enchantment. So it, it kind of uses this as, like a like, a divination but you know what spells you're grabbing this is a typical deck even though i think this is super cool and i think this is super innovative and i would have i this week actually i went through all my magic cards and i sorted it into useful and bulk just Mm -hmm. to get like a bit of a grasp on my collection and i definitely threw this in the bulk pile (laughs) i am very sure that this is in the bulk department so, I, I like this brought in, but yeah, this is, we usually don't look at leagues very often um, when we do the podcast, because we say, I always say like, well, you can technically 5-0 with anything if you play enough. Yeah. And this yeah. kind of falls into that, like, you can 5-0 with this if you play enough kind of, 
kind of category. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this is this is a weird one. But yeah, I did think it was that's cool. part of no why I love like I, I kind of focus on on leagues in my own like personal time yeah you see you know, the spice than challenges yeah like, the yeah, challenges yeah. you see what's actually point. good and in the leagues you see what's actually cool yeah there's always inspiration yeah. to be drawn from the leagues though true um because you might just be like maybe this is good enough someone might have found it and you try it out and then you get your answer yeah. i mean i i have a i have a suspicion that the uh that mono green list that runs cure and stuff like that popped up in leagues before challenges and then kind of carried over from there oh i think most decks probably pop up in leagues first but in leagues there's just a higher chance you see a deck and you're like yeah that's not gonna stick yeah but it is where you see the restoration specialist blue white control yorion list and like, yeah 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 i would never recommend anybody look at a league dump see something 5-0'd and go spend actual money on yeah, the deck, I, I, just yeah like I think that's mainly it, right? When I look yeah. at a challenge to be like, what am I going to spend my money on? And I look yeah. at a league and I'm like, what am I what am I hoping to next week be able to justify spending my money on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was basically me with blue uh, with the uh, five color humans. When mm. I saw Claudio mm. play it and I was like, please be good, please be good, please be good, please be good. <laughs> and then I saw it show up in challenges and now I'm getting the cards tomorrow because i'm like nice. yes nice. now i can now i can justify playing mantis rider yeah i'm Are sticking you playing with the full playset of um the wolf yep because like i i love ruckman being like he like basically kind of like throwing his hands up being like well fuck you guys i guess because he's been saying for the longest time as he's been playing selesny humans that he yeah. thinks the wolf <laughs> is like one of the best cards in the deck and then all of a sudden, Claudio's like, yeah, you should be playing four of these. And everyone's like, oh, real, real shit. And he's like, cool. I Fuck me, I guess. I didn't, I wasn't saying that for a while. <laughs> um, but I think out of all the innovations from the, I've seen of the, the, um, the five color humans list over the few weeks. Um, Experiment, Experiment one is a banger. Is mm. the sweetest one by mm -hmm. far. Um, and being able to regenerate it too is really fucking cool. Um. So yeah, I, I think that's... I'm sure that card... I'll be honest. Helps. When I first saw the deck and with the werewolf pack leader, it kind of went over my head that it's a human. Yeah. yeah it like, was Ruckman that made me realize that. that like, it took me a second. And I was ago. like... Like, because I had seen it before and like it, it's sort of like stuck in like the back of my mind and then so I, I read the card again in like this, this, a human shell and I was like... Oh, well, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty sweet. I mean, if you also, if you, uh, if you play it and then play the, uh, tenant, doesn't it get two counters? Why would it? Has evolve. Oh, wait. No, that's experiment no, yeah, one. The yeah, but the, the, the lieutenant is never going to end, uh, enter as a larger creature. Than the experiment right, one because right. it's a one because it's a one one. I forgot it's a one one. For some reason, I thought Lieutenant was a two two. That is how it would work. Because this was a really nasty interaction with uh, Experiment One and Winding Constrictor. Mm -hmm. Because it would trigger yeah. the evolve, but then it would actually grow to be larger than the Winding Constrictor. Because I remember this also worked with Belt Collector. Because I remember when Pioneer 
like just was out and I was at a at a first like event I played and someone went belt collector, belt collector, belt collector, and then on turn three they went hardened skills whining constrictor and they were all four fours. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then they also gained trample, and I was there going like turn one crypt breaker, turn two wayward servant. And I was like, can't block with any of these. I need those. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, there's no. I mean, I'm saying there's no other decks like man. There is some spicy stuff in here still, but nothing that really catches my eye. It's like, oh, I, uh, I need to talk about this. Yeah, Orza Vampires is back for the first time in maybe three weeks to a month. But never gone. Still yeah. a great deck. Yeah. Still a great deck. I've I've been kind of having like flashbacks, you know, looking at the at least the leagues, you know, in which decks are, like, Niv to Light is back, you know. It and a, didn't it win Blue White Controls back at the top, and yeah, it won, it won a challenge. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Claudio did, of course. Yeah. It was time yeah. for Claudio's challenge win with Niv, right? It, it, it's been a couple weeks. He's late. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually I, the I'm first sure one. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that Niv probably has a fairly okay matchup against blue white thinking about it i mean it's a yeah. deck just filled to the brim with threats right the fact that blue just doesn't stop that blue white counters every card that you play is kind of like that's obviously like not actually true if your deck has 30 threats in it yeah and and the the non-gigantha version is running thought distortion you know and that yeah i've um we have a uh, Sean Sean B on the Playaway Discord, and mm-hmm. he has never been on Gigantha because he's always been on Two Thought Distortion in his sideboard. Yeah, and it is very painful, <laughs> like when yeah. that happens against you. <laughs> like you're already against the deck that like has about just seven for ones in the deck, and then they suddenly <laughs> one for five you, <laughs> right. and I'm like, you're supposed to do this the other way around, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, be good for reminders out the door, Alex. Oh, you you need me to do them. No. Oh, I thought you were like good for reminders out the door, Alex. I was like, I I felt like so on the put on the spot, like oh no. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna make you do them again. You did you did not enjoy doing them last time? It's just I I need I, I need to mentally them. prepare for this. <laughs> need to I need to write it down. Like, I need, like, a checklist. I mean, usually when we do have some sort of script, it is because I need the structure. Otherwise, I forget things. I think you're kind of the same, but I just put it there. I'm like, Brad, I need this. I need to check boxes. Otherwise, I forget everything. Well, that's why I'm here. So, reminders out the door. Remember, we are the Pioneer Perspective, the official podcast of the Playway Discord server. And as well as one of the podcasts featured on playingpioneer.com. If you want to see or read some sweet articles by myself, by Rose here, by Alex, and other amazing members of this Pioneer community that we have grown over the years, go to playingpioneer.com and check them out from there. We also have merch on inkgaming.com. If you want to get some sweet play mats featuring either myself or Alex and the playing, or I'm sorry, the um, 
and the PlayAway Discord server. Those are all options on the link down in the description as well. There's another link if you don't want any of the stuff with our faces on them. You can get some sweet other things on the entire InkGaming uh, website in general. And another thing you get still helps us out with the proceeds going to the cast. So you are appreciated from there. We haven't done it in a hot minute, but you can, of course, ask us questions on the mailbag section of the Playmate Discord server uh, to ask questions for the uh, for the cast. Though, we are also taking those mailbag questions if we don't have time for them on the podcast itself. We do have a mailbag section on the playingpioneer.com on the website in general. So if you want to ask questions, you can still be featured potentially in an article listed on there. So, of course, both on playingpioneer.com, I can't forget to mention it and our own we do have patreons so if you want any uh any ways to help out the cast in general or help out the website there are patrons listed and one perk of the patreon for uh playing uh playing pioneer holy shit if i can say pioneer seven more times <laughs> we'll get there um then you can actually be featured on some of these mailbag questions in general that's one of the perks right there so yeah and, uh, and Rose, with you being our wonderful guest today, you have the floor to end it and close us out. Anything you want to say, anything you want to plug. We have, of course, our socials, Alex and I, on uh, Bradsfer and Disciples on Twitter. And Rose, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I want to thank Wizards of the Coast for allowing me to play Magic the Gathering and Magic the Gathering Arena. And, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> offering me the opportunity to to ask them questions about the economy um, and for them to tell me no in response. Uh, I don't really have anything I want to plug except for playingpioneer.com, which you've already done. So uh, yeah, that's it. If if I, if I would have like not been on a holiday, like we should have done like record our reaction to that economy stream. And that would have made for some great content. (laughs) Like just us sitting there, just that like, I mean, you guys could still do it. I'd watch that. Like that would be even better than the comedy of just watching that stream. I can't wait. I am off. So Rose, you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll stream that all day. Oh, hell yeah. We should get as, we should see if we can get as many uh, uh, people on the Playing Pioneer website, uh, see if they're free. Um, I am one of the few rarities right now amongst everyone because I'm on spring break. Thanks to working in the education system. So I am off all week. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll be free. I'll do it. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a really Hell good yeah. time. I'm gonna be there anyway. You want to make it into a drinking game and like uh, take a shot every time they they mention <laughs> oh, uh, no. certain keywords. Oh. <laughs> I, I I'll do it. I'm off. I don't care. I don't work <laughs> the next day. That that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll I'll have go, to, I'll I'll have go to pick game up that a bottle out. or something that I can I can you know <laughs> want to take shots of. Yeah, and not want to kill myself. You have to we'll, think we'll have of to... something you need to drink. You could drink two bottles off without dying, probably. Um, any tequila or uh, shipwrecked rum, I'll be fine with. Yeah, depending on the the drinking game rules, it could get it could get dicey. Um, I mean, that's we, the point, right? We could we could we could make a bingo. We card. want to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're the masochist, Rose. <laughs> Yeah. Prove it. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> die with me. <laughs> I would I would be honored to die on a an arena economy stream with you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> the last the last thank you, Wizards Daddy. <laughs> Before it is in car carved on his gravestone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
gotta have the smiths playing for that one <laughs> all right well again thank you so much everyone for checking us out thank you so much for listening thank you rose for being here thank you for all the support with the patreon subreddits all that good stuff for kind of giving us any kind of feedback for the show and of course the website as well um we have only just gotten started the website's been going great the podcast has been growing in the last few weeks as well and uh, this is going to be like i said this is the year for pioneer i still stand by that and i am so fucking excited to see where it goes from here mm-hmm but thanks everyone. You guys are the best and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye everyone.